I'm sorry about all the poops, but you did the McDonald's thing. Go ahead. Hey, folks. Sorry about Was that recording? Week. Jesus. Sorry about last week and this week. I didn't mean to lean out with a doo-doo <laughs> McDonald's comment. I touched the button. <laughs> I didn't know you were touching the button. And it's staying. It's fuck. Of course it's staying, but sorry I am going to. Sorry about last week Jesus. and the intro for today. This is a lengthy episode. Hold on. I didn't get my opportunity because of the doo-doo <laughs> comment. I am sorry as well. <laughs> About last week and this week. Best intro of the year. Well, maybe. But I'm saying, I didn't know. You got to tell me. I I was being honest. No more McDonald's. This shit is wrecking my insides. But you were looking forward to it. Well, I only did because I thought if I didn't say McDonald's, you would say uh, the fucking gallows. And if I had gallows, we would get one of those really sleepy podcasts again. Honestly, if you wanted to call an audible today, I would have gone Chick-fil-A. I'm on a Chick-fil-A break. Just it just, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not. I also would have gone villi- uh, vintage pizzeria since you. I had pizza ex- yesterday. Pizza it. was definitely out. It was always I, uh, out. I would have maybe even thrown out the bell. We would have had to drive there, but we could have gone to Taco Bell. Uh, I've been overbelling, so I'm glad. Wendy's is around the corner. Oh, love a good Wendy's. I would have done a Wendy's. Uh, we might have to do Baconator. Wendy's next week. Oh, the Baconator. Uh, I always get the same thing in there. I get the spicy chicken sandwich. I like the spicy Asiago chicken sandwich. And that's a good one, too, but I, it's rare that I go to it. I'm, I'm a spicy chicken sandwich add onion. Anyways, welcome to episode 52. We finally hit the year. We had a huge party. There's noise in the background the whole episode. <laughs> I promise. Episode. Uh, I got a hand shandy during segment two. Me too. Well, <laughs> we both got one at the same time. It was yeah. strange, but thank you, Mitch McConnell. Yep. <laughs> this is episode 52. We watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day. We it talked nothing about we it. talked nothing about it. Which we, is so weird because <clears throat> last few weeks we've been really touching on the movies we've been talking I about. Know, it's the show. <sighs> we spend some time on politics, as we are want to do. Hey, we probably should stop leading out with that and just let that be all natural. We spent some time on doo-doo diapers, how to properly clean Some real life... Sh- look, look. We, we were... Uh, had a, it has it all. <laughs> we touched on a lot of things. We did. We talked about real life shit. We talked about... A little bit. I wouldn't even call it politics so much as it is current affair. Right. Well, you current told a story, events. You told a poker night story that was political in nature, and that kind of gave way to other political talk. Fair enough, but I I, I don't think we ever. Um, it's it was less political so much as like I said, current current affairs, current yeah, events. events. Michael Cohen's in the news. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, and by the time they're hearing this, we're a week and some odd days out. So yeah, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be World War Three. <laughs> Save water. Save bullets. Save water. Can goods. Clean Can goods. Clean your vaginas. And for your penises, for that matter. <laughs> and your ball sacks. <laughs> yeah. Really uh, focus on that. We called uh, our uh, only representation, BPH. BPH. Test got case. cut off. Got cut off. We had a recording malfunction. It's been happening a lot lately with this app, which is just a more indicative of the fact that we need you guys to share this show so that we can grow our listenership. And eventually one day at least fund this podcast enough to have a spare three, four hundred dollars to buy two microphones and use a new recording platform. Yeah, I agree. But you know, if, no this, pressure. if this is as far as it goes, I'm happy with it. I think I think M and P's gonna love this one. I think uh, so. I think Alan will kill less people based on this podcast. I think that Superfan Burke, who's over there. Boy, he looks ornery tonight. That's a tight pair of thongs you bought him. Yeah, well, I mean, a thong's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be sexy. I know, but he looks really uncomfortable. You have to suffer for fashion, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> He's not... He, he might be suffering, but I don't think there's any fashion going on over there. Oh, he's got tassels. 
<laughs> this is too much. That's the, yeah, that's the Louisiana. Yeah. Anyways, this is a good episode. Uh, we've agreed, since we didn't make any plans for 52, we will celebrate 100. Hopefully by 100, uh, we actually have something to celebrate. Hopefully we have like 250 <laughs> super fans to shout out and a It'd bunch cool. of other people to shit on. It'd be cool. Yeah. So enjoy episode 52. Thank you to everyone who's been listening for the past calendar year. year. Yeah, calendar year. Uh, and we look forward to more in 2019. Enjoy this one. We'll see you next week for a whole new chapter. We're starting season two, episode one. <laughs> Holla. on the first or not the first it's well it's the first year first annual episode mm. episode 52 coming out strong with Bone Tomahawk <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> get ready to watch a man have his scalp shoved into his mouth and ritualistically torn apart just I left here because you know I was reading it mm. when I was half asleep last show sorry yeah sorry but uh I read it, I stopped at Kroger, I needed to get some mouthwash, and I stopped and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't finish reading because I was getting chastised. Rightly so, not arguing that. Yeah. And I start reading and I... It's rough. It's not... What I wonder is like, this is Kurt Russell we're talking about. Yeah. And I looked up the IMDB and there was a lot of other actors. Come on in! You, we paused, you were saying something about... Bone tomahawk. I bet that's our dinner. Hey. Thanks, man. <clears throat> you too. Well, this is officially the least professional <laughs> start to start to. Fuck. Well, yeah, it's McDonald's. I'm just waiting on your mom. Break. We took a McDonald's break, so that first minute. And da, 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 da. Please follow. <laughs> That was a choppy uh, first minute and 20 seconds. So good. It was good. That new quarter pounder. I've had it, but uh, tonight I was feeling the, uh, I just had to go old school. They went really heavy on the Big Mac sauce, though, tonight. I think I might pay for that later. (laughs) Somebody told me it might have been you that the new fresh to made quarter pounder recipe has done so staggeringly well that McDonald's is going to shift their entire menu incrementally into all fresh ingredients. Yes, that's true. They're going to do away with all the garbage. It's like, they, well, it's like they, well, to an extent, but it's like they come say. full circle because I guarantee you the original McDonald's burger probably looks like some garbage that you would get at a football game. Yeah, but it was also probably a real burger too. That's what I mean. Like when you eat your quarter pounder and I eat my Big Mac, we're literally eating bits of flesh from as many as a thousand cows. Well, and supposedly there's a lot of soy in there too. There probably is. Suppose I remember reading online once that the like the, what is it, the biological makeup of a McDonald's burger patty is more soy than meat? I don't, if it keeps tasting like that, I don't even, give me soy. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, <laughs> it's the best soy burger I've ever had then. So if, if they if they sold it frozen at the grocery store and packaged it as McDonald's soy burger and put dot, 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 we promise it's the same, <laughs> I'm buying it. Yeah. I'd love to be at, like, a news conference with McDonald's where they're like, we're going to make everything out of fresh ingredients. We're doing away with preservatives, blah, 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 blah. I just raised my hand like, what about the formaldehyde in the French fries? We're going <laughs> to... 
do anything about that? Because that's a real concern. It's formaldehyde in the French fries? They use it as a preservative, yeah. And there's also, apparently, my dad told me this. I'm going to go wretch. (laughs) Apparently, my dad told me this. There's a pesticide that they use on the potatoes because they, the formaldehyde has to do with color, but there's a pesticide they use on the potatoes that is so harsh that the farmers who grow the potatoes for McDonald's won't go near them when they're being treated. Okay, I there's a lot of things you could have, a lot of avenues you could have gone. Yeah. And you chose this one. Yeah, we both ate a large fry. Yeah. They're delicious. You're an asshole, though. <laughs> I mean, that's an asshole move. I mean, like, like I, I knew, like I got to text you at 2 o'clock and said, I already have heartburn from yeah. McDonald's I haven't eaten. Well, I guess my thinking is, I've known this for years, and I still eat well, it. It's not like I had any expectation that I was eating healthy food, <laughs> but I didn't think that... And you can't, the, the, I can't verify anything that I've said. You need to Google it for yourself. Yeah. But my point being, I've known this. I still get it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. <laughs> my kids ask for old McDonald's every so often, and I indulge them. Yeah. And I, I know what's happening, but I also, you know, they eat more broccoli at this age than I certainly ever did, probably my entire life. Ah, uh, you don't know what you're eating when you're a kid. <clears throat> yeah, I do. I eat grilled cheese sandwiches. I mean, a kid kid, spaghetti. before you could remember... That's true. Like before, you probably ate healthier when you were, you know, I, I look at V's diet and I'm like, this kid is killing it. She'll eat anything. She'll eat yeah. cauliflower, broccoli, yeah. uh, you know, chicken. Just she, a rotisserie chicken has become a staple now. Yeah, she like eats meat on the bone. If we, Yes. she'll. And what's scary to me is that she's got that kind of Leah thing where I don't like cartilage. I don't like chewy yeah, bits. Yeah, that's why I like. Like if I eat a drumstick, I need that fucking thing to be cooked well, right. That's why when I go out for wings, I say extra crispy. I don't yeah. want any chew or goo. Yeah, I want everything to be edible. Which reminds me, I made. I know you're bragging up your wings, which is a funny thing because I, <clears throat> I get uh, text messages now from some of our fans, and they're like, "What's your wing recipe?" And they, mm-hmm. you know, they ask about yours, and I'm like, "Well, his are a little bit low, but not as good as mine." But he does. You uh, don't even know that you haven't <laughs> had them before. It's a little shit talk. It's called shit talk. Okay. I, Anyways, they ask. We'll get to our hundredth episode. We'll, we'll actually <laughs> a wing have, off. We'll actually have a party. That's fine. I'll make my wings, and you make yours, and we'll let the crowd yeah, absolutely vote the winner. I, I mean, I know who's gonna win. <laughs> Me. Anyways, I did. Uh, I made some wings for Jeff, and you know the brother-in-law staying at the house. Poor Jeff. We did some hot. Did a little bit of hot. Oh, by the way, mm. big news for some of our longtime listeners. <laughs> Hot sauce back in the game. I know everyone away. They did. They did that Topham's thing. Remember that they, they transitioned to an uh, same. It's the same product. They had just rebranded it. I didn't know. But I guess they got into a pinch, and uh, they brought back the pst hot sauce. So I rolled out, and I did a hot. I did a lemon pepper, mm-hmm. which is one of my new favorites. Mm-hmm. Fresh lemon, and good and good butter. Uh, and then I did, we, we had gone to, are you familiar with Heirloom Barbecue right here off 285 in Powers Ferry? I've, I've seen it. I, I, may have, I may have even gotten it before. It's, it's kind of a Korean-infused barbecue. So it's not real barbecue? It's absolutely the best barbecue in the city. And it's been okay. voted on such by many, many times. The guy, so the guy that started it with his Korean wife, he was from South Carolina. She was like. Okay, bro. Whatever. She <laughs> was a, like, legitimate K-pop superstar. Like, millions and millions of people followed this woman. Does that mean when Korea. you greet her in public, she wiggles behind her fingertips? That's racist. <laughs> but she's a very nice... But she wanted to get out of that lifestyle, 
She didn't really care for the K-pop thing, so she moved back here, <clears throat> or she moved to here. They met, fell in love. His his passion was barbecue, mm. being from South Carolina. Yeah. She knew, of course, there's a lot of crossover there between curing meats and right. how to how to slow cook meats, and so they just kind of it's it's an infusion, but it's not forced. If you want to go there and get Boston butt, mm. a good pulled pork sandwich, and a regular old barbecue sauce, yeah. you got it. I like Korean barbecue, like when like you go to like a food truck and you can get like a Korean barbecue goji whatever taco. Right. But like, go to John, yeah. Yeah, but like if I go over to the Super H Mart, you know they have Korean, Vietnamese, Japanese, Chinese. Look at these, and then a mix of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that that was rehearsed? No, uh, you've been no, you've was, been preparing for your Korean fusion conversation for a long time. That was a genuine moment. <laughs> well, I look at the Korean, and I always go, I anyhow, probably like some of this, but I just don't know just to, to get order. through this. There, like I said, if you want regular old pulled pork, you can have it, even though you might not know this, but they have been. Uh, marinating it in a gochujang sauce for 14 hours. Mm. But it's just going to taste like a spice, right? Uh, I love the ribs. I love everything about this place. I'm not even a fan of brisket, and I think that their brisket's incredible. Brisket's my go-to. So with the old man. Mm. But it's <clears throat> really, really good. But I, and like I said, they win every award in Atlanta, uh, and it's it's attached to a gas station. That's how you should know it's good. Andrew Zimmern went there when he mm. came to Atlanta. It's, there's no seating space. If you go on a Saturday, this is the example I get for all the Atlanta listeners, and M&P if you ever come to Atlanta. <laughs> when you go on a Saturday, like I had, there was a week about uh, some years ago, and I just I had a massive craving for heirloom barbecue. Mm. So I said, all week, Leah, Saturday, heirloom, we're going. Okay. She thinks I'm just fat and ridiculous, which is true. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's go at 2 o'clock. So she woo. So we go to, the line is outstandingly long. And on the door, they open at like 9 or something, 9 or 10. On the door, it's like, we are out of. And it's one of those places. Yeah. They cook a shit ton, but yeah. when it's gone, it's gone. It's barbecue. You can't go smoke another butt for 14 hours and have it ready. Right. They were out of pulled pork, ribs, and chicken. So the only options were brisket and sausage at 2 Yeah. on a Saturday. I'd be fine with that. Those are, those are both... The, and we got it, but again, well, that's like I like the pulled pork. Right, I don't. <laughs> I guess I'll have a fish fillet. <laughs> I'll probably be pretty happy with it. But, Where is this place? Uh, if you on two eighty five Powers Ferry, you just hop off on Powers Ferry, take a right underneath the bridge, and it's connected to a shitty, the world's shittiest looking gas station. Like kind of with an earshot of SunTrust area. Yeah. Okay. Pretty close to SunTrust. I don't think we've said what we're watching, and I'm distracted by a naked, naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. We're watching T2. Terminate. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, it's T2, man. T2. The first or second, I can never get the order right, but the first or second R-rated movie I ever saw. It's either this or Cliffhanger, which we've done. Yeah, this was, without a, without question, the first R-rated movie I purchased. And by way of that, it might have been the first R-rated movie I watched start to finish. Mm. I was at Media Play with my mom. Oh, my God, Media Play. I actually worked at Media Play. Shut up! Mm. Yeah. How long? Uh, so they caught you stealing DVDs? Funny enough, <laughs> I didn't work there very long because they accused me of shorting the register by $100, and I did not do it. And I never made a, a, a 
comeback with managers. They they kind of put me on some other shit detail, and I eventually just bailed because they they were convinced. And what had really happened was I'm just terrible at math, and I had fucked up the totals. But uh, I bought this on VHS for nine ninety nine. You're a thief, sir. I did it. With no wonder media play went out of business. <laughs> fun thing about that is when they were going out of business they were marking shit down to pennies oh I was there I would go in yeah. there and I would buy CDs solely based on what the cover looked sure. like because they were five cents a piece yep. I bought a Marilyn Monroe reissue Playboy magazine for a dollar I'll tell you just because we're on the subject <laughs> I bought this, so much we, we've already discussed this on the pot but Media Play was the place where I went and my buddy was a huge Motley Crue fan because he's fucking a terrible person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the place yeah. where they said it was t- right towards the end, right towards the heyday. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this is uh, you're buying the CD. It comes with four free tickets to the live show. <laughs> of who? Yeah. Motley Crue. Really? Well, I with guess I'll, I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. I remember being at the checkout buying just go, uh, gobs of CDs and movies that I, I had no business buying, but it was, you know, the total was going to be like $4. It's like, why not? We'll just go home and preview all these. And they had that, that like, early 2000s Marilyn Monroe reissue Playboy magazine behind the counter, and I was like, is that for sale? Yeah, everything in the store is for sale. How much is it? A dollar. Like, I'll take that, too. I think I still have it. <laughs> in a box somewhere, probably. T two is a great movie, though. I, I it, what 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 happens with Terminator two is for people my age mm-hmm. and your age, I guess. We didn't see Terminator. I was born the I year Terminator see, yeah, came out. I didn't see. I still, I've seen it. I still have not seen the whole thing. I've seen it, and you know, I guess the only thing I can say about it's positive is that you you understand why they made the second one. Right. It was popular. If you watched that movie in 1984, 30, almost 35 years ago, I'm not going to call it groundbreaking. Right. But I will say it was very different. Yeah. So you get why, I guess, this one came out in 92. You get why eight years later with this, with this is like James Cameron starting to get his hand on his first toy. Right. You know, they played around a little bit in 1984, but you're limited pretty hard. This one... You know, they had, this was coming off... What's that one they did where it was at the ocean and the thing moved? He had just made a movie that had kind of oh, uh, 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 revolutionized... Was that Harris? Yes. And I think Gina Davis. Yes. Uh, the, uh, uh, it starts with an A. Yeah, it does. But we'll, we'll let the people get really frustrated who are listening. It actually came... The Abyss. Yeah, The Abyss. It came, so, in, a, it came in a triple pack that I bought at Target once with the first two Alien movies. And right. That. You can literally draw a straight line between the technology that they were that they had established in The Abyss mm. to the T-1000. Yeah. The, the liquid metal, the way he right. formed... Right. So he... I he love had, The Abyss. Oh, it's a good movie. When Ed Harris is breathing goo at the end of it. Yeah. It's wild. It's a good movie. Yeah. But, you know... Um, he starts to really play around here. And so for those of us who saw this first and didn't have a frame of reference, yeah. that's what this movie's really good at. Uh, you, watch- you don't need to see yeah, yeah. the original Terminator. If you watch this first and then you go back and watch the first one, you're like, this is not nearly as interesting. No, it's not. It's slow. <laughs> it's slow. It's, it's painfully dated. That hair. Yeah, it's painfully dated. Yeah. The technology is clearly inferior. And it's... It's like watching 
a Tarantino western, and then watching I won't say a classic, but like Shane. No, well, I love yeah, Shane. Yeah, Shane's yeah, actually a fantastic. It's more film. like watching a Tarantino western, and then watching one of the lesser known well, like, mid eighties uh, Eastwood not, ones. Right. Like, I was gonna say a, not to cook. I don't want to be cookie cutter, and I, I've been throwing enough shade at Clint Eastwood lately. But that that's a good comparison. It'd be, it would be like watching uh, Django, mm-hmm. or I guess you could say any western that Tarantino would make. Right. Versus watching uh, one of the... Yeah, Hateful Eight was... We can disagree on that. But I get your point. But it would be like watching one of those and then like watching one of the just four times a year poop out Eastwood yeah. films that yeah. were coming out in the 70s and the, in the early 80s. And the thing about... Well, like just because we're just because we're kind of nerding out about films, which this whole thing is supposed to be around films anyway, <laughs> they never are. Well, it is episode let's 52. talk about let's talk about porn real quick. Well, it is episode fifty two. We're finally getting serious. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about films. let's talk about films. The the thing about <laughs> the even the war, like that block of of westerns that Eastwood made is I don't know how many there were. Let's call it forty. It mm-hmm. wasn't. But yeah. Let's assume eh, that's too big. Let's say he made twenty. That seems more reasonable. Do you have a favorite? I do, and that's what I'm getting to. Okay. So in that block of films that Eastwood was just pooping out because they were, well, he wasn't. This was before Eastwood was making any unilateral decisions for his own career. He would right. sign contracts. And they're like, well, we're going to do these. It'd be cool if he made another one. Eight, at, at uh, again, let me is. come back to that. <laughs> hang up, hang them high. Mm-hmm. Is the best. Okay. Of the Eastwood cookie cutters. Okay. It actually had a really interesting story. They all center around revenge in some way. Right. But this one was actually really good. Now, I really don't want him to make another Western. One, because at this point, he's so, I'm not saying see now, but just so, he makes, now he makes propaganda movies. American Sniper. Yeah. That one about 2019 to Paris or about the whatever. He, he made the, now he's making the Lady Gaga movie with, uh, with Bradley Cooper that just won a few Academy Awards. That one's probably not propaganda, but nonetheless, a star is born or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't think he actually made it. I think that was just I think it was just Bradley Cooper. But nonetheless, he's he's pooping out now. He's pooping out old old people propaganda films. You didn't like Gran Torino? Get off! I'm sorry. I I will take that back. <laughs> I will take. I actually did enjoy Gran Torino, but yeah. but Gran Torino for all the but Gran Torino for all the Torino, Yeah, but <laughs> even that even that movie still kind of mirrors this whole like. Yeah. White people will say, we can be saved. Yeah. We can we can turn from our race. And that's just not how that shit works. If Gran Torino was real, he would have shot all, as he called them, all the slopes yeah. the night they tried to steal his car. Zips. And that would be the end of the story. <laughs> he said lots of things. Right, he said lots of things. But I think that the greatest movie that he did in that time period, and the reason I, I don't ever want to see a Clint Eastwood Western ever again, was mm. Unforgiven is an amazing film. Is that the Gene Hackman movie? Yes. Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman, Clint yeah. Eastwood. Oh, yeah. It's the one where he talks about a murder uh, of women and children. Yes, I've killed women and children. Just yeah. about anything else that walked on this earth. Yeah. I'm William Money out of Kansas. It is. The, it's it's the, good. What, what, what Unforgiven did that made it so great is that you start this film and they give you what he used to be. And it's one of those classic westerns that scrolls down like Star Wars and tells you a story. Yeah. That's how it starts. William Money, murderer and killer, was tamed by a woman, tamed by love. Yeah. And, you know, here's this old man who has young children, never really got into that. But he has these young kids and then running low on money. He's mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman comes to him with this young cat, says we, there's a job to be done about 
getting uh, basically a hit on this guy for cutting up some whores, prostitutes. Right, Ladies right. owe the night, right. if you will. Well, I think they say whores in the movie. Well, they do, but I'm giving them a little bit more leeway. Ladies owe the night. And so he takes the job, whatever. But the, <laughs> that era was ladies of any time. <laughs> ladies of the I just want a hand at poker day. Yeah. That's what's great about that. I don't want to get too far down, but the A Million Ways to Die in the West, when she, you know, uh, Sarah Silverman's the prostitute, oh, yeah. Giovanni Ribisi yeah. is her boyfriend, and he comes to visit her at midday, and the, uh, what's, the, what's the lady that plays, she's in the Marvelous Miss Maisel, she's the manager, she's also the voice of... Uh, so Peter, Peter's wife and family guy. Oh, yeah, Alex uh, Borstein. Yeah, so she was the owner, proprietor right. of that, basically the Pinterest. Right. And she was like, oh, you're 330s here. He's like, anal? Like, she's just... <laughs> she's like, oh, he, he does anal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to go, hun. And kisses him <laughs> on the cheeks and everything. Just this horrendous thing. Uh, but, you know, that whole movie is a slow burn. It's kind of... It, it doesn't... There's not... Right. It doesn't have that you know, forced Western action that you got from the early uh, Eastwood films. And then when, and uh, spoiler alert, when they kill his friend, when they kill Morgan Freeman, here's William Money, hasn't had a drink in like 20 years. And it made they made it clear that it was the alcohol and his drunkenness that fed his inner demon, yeah. his murderous demon. Same as <laughs> as, they're t- as the prostitute is telling him that they've killed his friend, mm-hmm. He starts sipping on that whiskey just kind of slowly. The you know the camera's on him, but his eyes are, yeah. are off in the distance. Yeah, the payoff is at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's but see a lot of movies try to do that. Mm-hmm. They try to they try to get you with this slow burn yeah. and present you with a big finale, and oftentimes it falls flat. Well, have you but seen Open Range? I have. That's a good example. That is a good example. Of big finale, that, slow burn the rest is, of the way. That is a good example, but. I think Unforgiven was the most understated but, m- like, most productive way I've ever seen this, the slow burn to big finale ever really work. Sure. Because he walks in that town and kills everybody, but he does it with this cool yeah. and calm. Yeah. And it, he even has a moment of mercy, hmm. which is kind of spells out, like, he's not the same William Money. Right. But anyways, that's my—that's <clears throat> the only Eastwood— that at this point I would ever want to see done in a Western ever again. My favorite Eastwood Western is uh, has always been High Plains Drifter. You know what? I'm sorry. That is the one I was trying to think of. You said I said Hang Him high. high. But High Plains Drifter is the one where he's the actually like the reincarnation the, yeah. of the sheriff. Yeah, he's the man right. with no name. There's, uh, there's speculation amongst people who really analyze that movie that he's not even a man. He's the devil incarnate. Right, yeah. Because he gets that town to basically defend itself while also fucking itself over because mm. he's more or less the reincarnated murdered sheriff of that town that yeah. they all kind of inspired to get You know, of. I watched that. Gets that town to paint itself red. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, like, when T- or TBS would do, like, 24 hours of Eastwood films? Yeah. It was always the Westerns. And you watch that one, it always stood apart. And I'm, I'm upset that I called it. Hang em High is a good film, but it doesn't compare to High Plains Drifter. Yeah. It's the, only, it's the only one I have the, on DVD. When you watch that, even on TBS, back in the day, mm-hmm. they he rapes that woman. Mm-hmm. The whole town watches him drag that blonde-haired woman into the barn. Yeah, they don't show it because it's the eighty or the late seventies. Right. But it's also, the, but it's not. It's not like it's implied. You knew. Right. He just dragged this woman Neanderthal-like well, by the do, hair. They do show it to a degree, and to my memory, she—it's the classic. She starts. She resists, right. and then she, and then she starts kissing him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, mean, uh, right, it's very, over. very. Op- 
yeah. it's problematic. Yeah. Because then she tries to come in and shoot him, and his defense, he just drops into the water of the bathtub. Yeah. I don't think that stops bullets. <laughs> I mean, her aim probably wasn't the, fantastic. I love the barber with the shaky hands who was like, is this man really going to shave this guy with a straight razor right now? He can't stop his hand from shaking. <laughs> I love the little... Uh, the little dwarf guy. little dwarf guy. Yeah, that. he turns him into the sheriff. I mean, he turns that town uh, on its head in a sort of a supernatural revenge plot. When I was still in my sort of hardcore slash heavy metal band and one of our members left and I was put in charge of writing our new material, the second song I wrote was called High Plains Drifter and it was all about that movie. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to spend too much more time on it, but if you haven't seen High Plains Drifter, what I would say to you is disengage from, if you have qualms about Eastwood, you've never seen a Western, yada, yada, yada. Watch it with an open mind. Yeah. Because when you mentioned that there's... It's got the big Lebowski in it. It does. When you watch watch that film, now I want to see it and look at it a little bit more uh, intrinsically and, and not watch the film so much as watch the trope. Yeah, because if you're telling me that there's actually been extensive writing or any writing about that, he's not. Uh, you know, I always looked at it like he was the reincarnation or a, a ghost right, of the right. former sheriff. But if you're saying that no, no, he's actually just the devil. Yeah, come it's, to pay some revenge yeah, in some analytical way. Analytical speculation that he he doesn't have a name. His credit in the movie is the man with no name. Mm-hmm. There is sort of analytical speculation that he is the devil getting revenge on behalf of the sheriff. Right. And, like, you know, heavy metal or post-hardcore music doesn't usually have lyrics that rhyme because you're it's, they're mostly being screamed. Right. And the final lines of that song were, paint it red, make it hell. Because, like, <laughs> after they paint that town red, he puts that big sign up that you says, You are such a happy child. <laughs> Weren't you? What's funny is this was a Christian band. <laughs> This is a Christian. I really icon. love you, Jesus. Not quite. Turn off the lights. Not quite. I can mean, play the song for you if you'd like. It's, it's still on uh, MySpace. I, I, I actually, I, I don't want you to do that because I have an idea in my brain and I'd like to just hang on to that. It's kind of like when you have that and then you uh, hear the real thing and it kind of queers queers what you have in your mind. But, I'll pull it up on MySpace. <laughs> but in this, like, with T2, she, I kind of wish she had had the hair. The hair was so bad. It was so bad. But wouldn't it have been fun? Can you imagine this movie if Sarah Connor had the night the the 1984 haircut in this? You wouldn't be able to take this movie seriously. I would expect someone in her position in the in the psychiatric hospital like this would be forced to like keep their hair short or something. You would think that something like that because if it gets long enough, you could you know cut it off, make make a rope. Yeah, make a rope out of it, or make a. We had Butnik here from uh, Salusha Shorts with a sweet mullet. Have you ever thought, like, I know you're committed to keeping long hair. Have you ever thought, like, if and when the day comes that I decide to go short again? To give it, to I'll do, do a, a mullet to do for, a like, mullet. a week? Like well, a, I hadn't, but I definitely am now. <laughs> like, I think that way with my beard sometimes. Like, I wanna, I'm want i going to shorten it soon and oh. go to my summer cut. Always with the beard. I tell you what, you, you kind of make me feel good with the hair, and then you always circle back to, like, oh. I know you can't personally do it because you're a piece of shit, <laughs> and you basically have a childlike face, and you're right. fat. But when I think about my beard, you do that every fucking time. Every time, seriously, if you listen to the podcast, well, every time you is, mention my hair, yeah. the next line is, so my beard. Well, because to your, you have the hair and I have the beard. You I have the hair too, you cocksucker. Don't try to downplay I'm this. I'm going to cut it soon. 
My point being, I would never go mullet with the hair, but I at times think about going like full Civil War mustache and just shaving the. Oh, beard. you know, I actually, if I had a request like from Lawrence you, Lawrence Chamberlain, just well, what I what I request from you, if you ever do decide chops to, yeah, I want the Ambrose, yeah, the, the Burnsides as like, it's become like Jack, known, Jack Sparrow's. Uh, right hand man and all the pirates. Yeah, movies. but you could do it better than him. And you actually have that, like Ambrose Burnside. The reason they they call it Side Burns is because of a Civil War general. Ambrose Burnside had, was it was his thing. Mm. He kind of made that cultural, mm. or at least culturally important. So I would love that. What I would want from you is the the chops that come down and then you shave the, underneath the, the chin the and then you stop at like the Wolverine mark. Well, you well, no, he had a, he had the stash. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like a stash that just rolls down the chin, almost like a Fu Man, and then cuts up. But this is the glory. The stash is an is an accompaniment. Yeah. It's a it's, uh, it's the what the uh, best supporting role. Sure. It's the it's the burn Hmm. on the sides that's the star. I mean, vacant chin. Yeah, vacant chin stash. I think. Burnside's had a little bit of a soul patch, but nothing underneath. A a Civil War era of the guy from Orange County Choppers. Because he has a stash that connects to... Let's not bring Paul Tuttle into this. That guy's a douchebag. I'm telling you, go look at Ambrose Burnside. All right. And I think, like, if there's a guy out there that could just... Like, that should be uh, your own Instagram. Civil War Beards. Yeah. Or, you know... There probably is. There one. probably is, but think about it. Most most people don't know, or they don't care. But, like, I would follow that. Yeah. One for... Because <laughs> I long. <laughs> I long for it. <laughs> and now, if there was, like, Cholo... On Easter beard, I could do that. <laughs> you could probably grow a sweet neck beard if you just committed to it. It's not good. It's not. Leah's, Leah's trying to get me on this. She's doing these oils now, right? So, like, E oils for the face. I will say they are good for, like, complexion. It, it makes my face feel good. I get less uh, less um, dried out. You should get But this. she's. I was like, dude, will this help my beard? And I was yeah. just being funny. She's like, you know, Probably. There's the stuff that Kristen uses for her eyelashes that that makes makes them longer. Is uh, women, especially in the makeup industry, they spend so much time primping and grooming that sometimes they like overdo the eyebrows, and then they eventually reach an age where their eyebrows aren't growing back anymore. Sure. And I don't know why she wanted to do this for her eyelashes. It might have been from putting on false lashes so much that her natural ones were going away. It's this stuff that she brushes on like mascara, and it makes your eyelashes regrow. And it works so well that her eyelashes have more than doubled in length and, and filled back out again. And it actually grows up into her eyebrows, and it's making her eyebrow hair grow again. Wow. So you should get that stuff and just comb it onto your face and see if it Can I ever tell you? I, I think I finally have a story that I know I haven't told you. Oh, good. So I was I I tried to grow the base out, mm-hmm. right? And then Leah says, "You know what you should do?" Because what really and this is, it's not like it's the whole problem, but it is part of the problem. Is that there is hair there, follicles, right. but they're so blonde that you can't see it. Yeah. So where I Rogan now, dark into that. I, you gotta stop with the interruptions because <laughs> now you're about to kill the story. <laughs> so Leah says. You, you should. What you should do is grow it out for like a week or two, mm-hmm. and I'll go in with a comb and we'll put some of that color for men, the, the old commercials or whatever. Yeah. Okay, I mean it's worth a shot. I don't. I mean I'm a little vain. I'm a little bit vain about this, but I'm I'm willing to, you know, suck it up and try color by men or whatever that shit is. That, just for men. Just for men, right? There's no shame in it. And when I did the sideshow, I did it in my mustache. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Lisa, I'll do it. Okay, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I should have assumed that she doesn't know what she's doing either. But something about the assurance she's not dying her the, beard. Right, the assuredness of how she said it made me feel like comfortable about it. Hmm. You're supposed to just comb that into the the hair. Hmm. She combed that shit from the, just below my eyeballs. She painted a beard on you. She face. painted down below to my neckline. <laughs> so I was like, is this how this is done? And she's no. like, I think so. She's like, so how long do I sit here? And she's like, I don't know. This thing says a couple, like 20 minutes. So I was like, okay. After about 15, I was like, this is this is not pleasant. Whatever yeah, this is, this is not good. This is, and she's like, well, I, you know, I'm sure it's fine. She's like, all right, 20 minutes, wash it off. I start washing. Hold on. I know you got a lot to say. This is way wrong on the time. Yeah. It's a couple of minutes. Right. Well, I wasn't reading the bottle, so that's on me as well. So I'm starting. It's really burning. Yeah, so I go into, yeah. this is when we lived in Brookhaven. I go to the sink and I start, say, oh, Washing it off, I look up in the mirror. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That shit was, it took like the, a bit of the brown color off. Yeah. But it just, I looked fucking, it looked like I was wearing blackface. <laughs> but only from like just yeah. below my eye line down, down to my chin. We couldn't go out that night. We, had, we were supposed yeah, okay. to go out with friends that night. I said, you can go. I'm going nowhere. I'm taking a Brillo pad. I will get this off. I'm going to buy it, a bucket of bleach. Basically, it, it took a full day. For yeah. that to actually, like, uh, act of constantly washing my... I mean, washing my face to the point where it was red. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't see it, but I knew it was. Yeah. But I knew underneath the brown stain yeah. that I was taking off layers of skin. Yeah, no, that... I mean, hair hair dye is a stain. It will, like, when I when I was in a metal band in high school, I used to dye my hair black, and it will stain the parts of your scalp. When Kristen has done hair dye, it stains. That's why if your hair is longer, you can kind of hide it for a day because it'll kind of overlap. We had the Just for Men beard and mustache dye. It's like a three to five minutes, and then you're supposed to wash it off immediately. And when I did the sideshow, I had my mustache really big and thick so I could curl it up and do that whole 1920s Carnival Barker look. I love it. Josh, who he's in your camp, he couldn't really grow much facial hair. He wore a fake mustache, but I let mine get big. But similarly... A lot of my mustache was blonder. It's uh, it's darkened over the years. But back then it was blonde, so I would go get dark brown mustache dye, and I would dye it in a dark color so that it would show up better when I did the sideshow. All right, we've 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 reached our quota for beards. Quick thing, producer Burks and over there behind the glass. Happy birthday. <laughs> February 26th, buddy. We're a few days late. I got him a thong. I yeah, he's a big fan of the ladies' underwear. Well, I th- he really appreciated that you went with the where the cod piece is is gold, but the rest of it is black. Kind of a saint's theme. Yeah. Uh, well, the fun part are are you wearing that? He is wearing that tonight. Good. So. The fun part is that it's split, so you mm-hmm. have easy access to the good stuff. Yeah, so happy birthday to that guy. Uh, and it, I want to take a quick uh, moment for commercial break. We'll bring some safe sex in here because this McDonald's is already doing its work. Oh, Big Mac sauce coming mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Be a shorter one. I mean, turn this. You can't go short on episode fifty-two, dude. Like it matters. <laughs> this is not even the yearly. We don't even know when we did this. Well, I was gonna say what we really should celebrate is our hundredth episode. That's, I agree. That's a bit more of a mile marker than just epi- old. This episode isn't like 52. the. We don't, I don't know when the. I guess we could look. Well, the first one went up in February, and we're now approaching March. This is last day. Yeah. So, uh, salute. Are we, are we recording? We are. Oh, nice. I told you before we recorded that I've solved the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. <laughs> I thought I'd tell you what yeah, it was. Let's transition from beards to the Mexico wall crisis. Go ahead. 
I was thinking, we're we're a warring nation. We like to occupy oh, places. Oh, what we've done best. We like to preemptively strike. Yes. So, I would say, I mean, nobody on the right seems to care for Mexico. They speak of them in a <laughs> pejorative way every time it comes up. The people, the place, etc. It's, you know, politically scandalous and crime-ridden and uh, uh, yes, corrupt. Yes, yes. According to everybody, I mean, the left's not involved in this idea at all. They're just going to have to go along and get along. <laughs> Why not just take over Mexico? <laughs> Remove the need for a border wall by turning Mexico into more of America. United States, too? Yeah. Or just more, you know, just make it a state. Make Mexico a state. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we get the beaches. We get, you know, you can turn it into... What do we a, do with all the people? We'll have to, yeah. Trump's been talking about sending them somewhere in North Korea. We've done Korea. internment camps before. There's a precedent. Yeah, we'll just do that again. Yeah. But I just think, I thought about this in context of something. I thought everybody, when they get into political conversations, always talking about how the two-party system is broken. We need a third party. We need more. We need a fourth party. We need more choices. And I thought, that's not, that's not what we need. What we need to do is for someone to write legislation that says, starting in 2020, if you can no longer run for office if it's beyond what would be your second term. So immediately we clean house, like, mm-hmm. in a big way in the House and the Senate. And the the amendment to that new law is there's no more parties. Everyone has to be a registered independent. Mm, okay. That way we can no longer lay blame to an entire group of people for a decision. We can lay blame to specific individuals for a decision. All right. Instead of, you know, Nancy and Tom co-sponsoring a bill that would ultimately mean you have to murder your household pet. Who's Tom? I'm just making up names. Well, you said Nancy. I can only assume you're talking about. All right, we'll say instead of Nancy, Chuck. instead of Nancy and Chuck co-sponsoring a bill that means you have to murder your household pets, and now Democrats hate pets. You could just say, "Well, everybody's an independent, <laughs> so clearly Nancy and Chuck hate pets. We'll reseat them. Yeah, we don't need to disparage the whole Democrat I, I don't, party. I don't know that. It, yeah, I, it's go to one party. One party. Clearly, get, that's not going to happen. Get newbies. Uh, occupy Mexico. <laughs> Make it a resort. The celebrities will love it. Now they can go to Mexico and. We could probably, you know, if you if you, you sign if, if, if you kind of teamed up with Scientology, bought up a bunch of uh, real estate. Yeah, bring them in too. That'll that'll help sway those radical lefties that exactly. make movies yeah. over to that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you know, you know the. The ass will follow the tail, or whatever you know, whatever the phrase is. Like we get the the lefties that make movies to get on board because hey, now we got this new area to film in. Do you know how like just I'm not, and this is not even like politics for politics' sake. But you know how like people say we've lost the ability to communicate to each other, even if we're on the far right or far left of an issue. So you have like a someone like you, far left, mm-hmm. sitting down at a table. With someone that's far right, yeah, not to discuss politics. You, it, it, it could be dinner, it could be a house party. You, you don't know each other, mm-hmm. but you find out that this person is the polar opposite of you. And what America says we've lost is the ability for you and that person to have a, a, a meaningful dis- discourse right. that doesn't, you know, devolve into like that Facebook thread of right. rancor and. Nastiness. Now, here's the thing. I think I've just disproven that. I'm a far lefty, and I just propose that we take over Mexico. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's a I good point. I think we would find some good common ground there. <laughs> you might. We're but no water, no I, kind of, I kind of, um, 
teased into this before we started potting, but mm. as most of the listeners know, based on past stories, I enjoy my outlet is card playing. Right. Playing. So I typically play Friday nights and Saturdays. Um, sometimes both, sometimes neither, sometimes one or the other. Uh, this past Friday, uh, I was playing a game, and there was a player I knew um, of, of Indian uh, descent, but sounds exactly like us. This is definitely a first-generation American. Um, younger Indian over there? Dots, or Indian dots to... not feathers. Okay, thank you. Uh, I like the guy. He's, very, he's, very, he's a good dude. Uh, but as a general rule, and this is, this is the point of this story, I don't go to play cards to talk politics. Right. I treat it like a bar. Mm-hmm. You don't talk politics, you don't talk religion, and I think there's a third one, but I can never remember it. That's my rule, too, unless somebody else starts it and I agree. Because no. then you can sit there and make fun of well, people and together. It may be. <laughs> it, that, it, you know, power numbers, I get that. Yeah. But it's just not, like, I don't, I'm not, look, I've had any number of different types of conversations at the car table because what most people don't understand. You can open that door. What most people don't understand is that it's a lot of dead time. Yeah. You don't play every hand. Right. Uh, in any given hour, I've been really successful over the last two and a half months. And I say really successful, meaning I leave with money. That's to me, is super successful. Sure. Um, it doesn't matter if I leave with 80 or if I leave with 800. I'm, if I leave with what I came with plus, I'm happy. That's successful. Um, but I might not, in, in any six to eight hour session, sometimes longer. I'm embarrassed to say I've played for like 16 straight hours once. But in any one of those sessions, I probably only play two hands. I don't like anything enough to do that. <laughs> I, I hope you find something like that that you do. People should. Because it, I, to me personally, it's exciting. I Even when I'm not involved in a hand, I like to watch the action. I like to, and I, I'm always gauging. If, yeah. I, if I'm watching a guy play a hand against another guy, or maybe two other guys, I'm watching what he does. I, I told a buddy of mine, I noticed that when one guy, this particular fellow, when he when he would make a, a bet or a raise, he would and he propped himself on his right hand, mm-hmm. he didn't have it. It's just one of those things you start to notice after hour after hour after hour. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the kind of innocuous shit you're not paying attention to when you're involved, right, right? when you have something at stake in the game. I noticed, however, that when he did have big hands playing against these guys and he made a bet, he would do this two-finger thing and lean in on his left hand. Mm -hmm. So when the time came and me and him were in the middle of it in a one-on-one battle and he made a bet and leaned in with the two fingers on the left side of his face, I folded immediately. Yeah, I had a hand, but he he was telling me, like, not without meaning to because he wanted me to call, but nonetheless, and it's not where we're going. It's not poker night. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, the guy walks in and he sits down next to this guy and Brent, when I tell you this, this is like, this could have been Tarver's dad. I don't even think he's much older than Tarver, but he could have been Tarver's I dad. I would have quit poker. Not the guy I'm talking about, not the Indian fella. Right. He sat down next to this guy and when the guy came in, he was one of these guys, I'll give you an example. When the guy I'm talking about, the Indian fellow, started talking about, he's like, "Man, I just love. I watched this movie last night. I'd never seen it. It's called The Heartbreak Kid." And I was like, "Ben Stiller, Fairly Brothers. It's a classic. Yeah. Not a lot of people have seen that movie. It's a good movie. It's underrated." And then we were starting. I just love Ben Stiller. We're talking about that, and while everyone's like sharing their favorite Ben Stiller lines, Mister oh, Mister Johnny Q, Republican, actually doesn't do that. He's well, you know, I have a house in Hawaii, and me and him play tennis all the time. We're partners and doubles and. 
I was like, is that where you're going? That you, oh, look at you, look at me. I played tennis doubles with Ben Stiller. Look at me and my big dick. <laughs> I have celebrity friends. And then he started, it, it, that are automatically. Even By if the that, way, it, he's it, not Tarver's dad, because Tarver doesn't even have a fucking job. Even, <laughs> yeah. even, if, <laughs> even if it's true, and I'm giving him, let's assume that he's telling the truth. Mm. Really? Like, you got a bunch of guys talking about their favorite Ben Stiller lines in movies, and you completely cut that off with, well, he's exactly the same way in real life, because me and him are doubles partners when we, in our place in Waikiki. It just kills it. No one, like, no one ever, oh, oh, cool. I mean, when I'm not at my place in uh, in uh, the city, I mean, uh, New York, obviously, I, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we do have the place uh, down in uh, Arizona, outside of Scottsdale. That's kind of where I like to winter, you know. Uh... <laughs> We get away in Waikiki when I really need a break from the day-to-day of just collecting well, passive income and, and here, not actually here, working for Here's my the money. best part of this. I, someone says, what did you do? Now that you're, when you, you say, I'm retired. He's like, what did you do? Oh, I was a police officer. What? Where's all this? Where you all these homes? What's the real story here? Did yeah. you just come for money? Clearly, that's what this is. You, you came from money. Yeah. You might have been a police officer. I don't know. Somebody else. Nothing about what he was saying was true to me now. Now. Somebody else pulled up themselves by the, their bootstraps, and this guy's going to take credit for it. Right. <laughs> but see, all that being aside, I knew I didn't like the guy. Like, instantaneously, I just got a shit vibe from this from this piece of shit. You didn't ask if he had bone spurs during Vietnam, did you? No. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, it was like right after that, the Ben Stiller comment. He showed the Indian fella. He's an American fella. I should stop calling him Indian. He's just he's Indi- Indian descent. He shows. Here's a picture of my daughter, and it was a picture of his 23 year old daughter with Donald Trump. She had gone up and become one of those young Republicans that ventures off to Washington and probably got deflowered. Hand shandies an old senator. I don't know, <clears throat> but I, I envision in my mind. I envisioned her just tugging Mitch McConnell. Nothing happening. Like it's not getting hard. <laughs> Just a flaccid. Oh, Mitch come McC- Kentucky <laughs> now. Oh, went away and hide it. Just flaccid. He's she's trying, and he's probably uncircumcised, so it doesn't look right. Yeah. And the whole time I mean, she's thinking, Dad, Dad, his- Dad would be proud. Dad's gonna be so proud. The skin on his face is <sighs> fucked up looking. I don't even want to picture his dick and balls. But anyways, it dev- <laughs> it devolves into a. I'm not exaggerating. An hour and a half conversation about politics now. Before I venture off, it was civil. Good. I could tell that, and I don't want to say, it doesn't matter what his name is. I could tell that the brown fellow mm. was hyper liberal. Yeah. And I already knew what I needed to know about Ben Stiller's doubles partner. Yeah. He, so was, he was probably lying as a cop, and his daughter was taking photos. And of they Trump. were, and the the crux of the conversation centered around nothing about Donald Trump. At least for the first thirty minutes, they were talking about the guy from uh, that faked his attack. That's been news for oh, yeah, two Jesse weeks. Smollett. Right, we talked about that last week. They were centered around the most that. Boring and news and story of the it year. It is ridiculous. And the cop was saying, "Well, you know, based on my years as an officer and as a detective, I could say he's going to do some real federal crime, uh, federal time, yada yada yada." And he was so focused on that that again, we weren't talking about the real issues politically. Yeah. Right. We were focused on this one case. And then the brown fellow started saying, like, well, let me ask you this. Like, I know you say, you know, you're clearly uh, conservative and you're clearly a supporter of Donald Trump. Let's talk about the budget. Now, it, this is where he sounded like you. He's like, mm. isn't that like a core tenet 
of conservatism yeah. to not run up a huge budget to be fiscally conservative to not add two billion dollars to the deficit or two trillion dollars whatever trillion yeah that you complain it's about constantly going up and up and up and up and up and up and up yeah. and he's like didn't Obama bring it down 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 and then I, I want to give what I'm I guess what I'm essentially saying is I want to give them credit for the civility mm. but what I was getting from after an hour and a half mm-hmm. of this. I had, I I was doing a really good job of policing myself. Good. Of not I would I was never going to join the conversation. That's not what I'm saying. I, the policing yeah. of myself was not the fact that I chose not to engage. The yeah. policing of myself was the fact that I was, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if I wanted to do this, I could have stayed at home and gotten on Facebook. That's what when I'm in that situation and I don't want to engage, I just start thinking of lyrics that are repetitive like I wear my sunglasses and I just let that just stay in my head and just don't even don't even hear. And that's what the right saying. move. But then after so much time, I just kind of I my struggle in life is my pettiness. Mm. You know, and I'll give you examples. The other night at Kroger. I know of them. No, this is a new one. The other night at Kroger. I'm I'm uh, waiting for a parking spot. It's particularly crowded. Some I see brake lights. Over parking lots, fucking awful. Yeah, it's bad. I see I see brake lights coming out of a really close spot, like premium premium space. Mm. I see the dude backing out. I turn my turn so signal on. The dude backs out towards me, and goes ahead. And then this fucking SUV mm. just pulls in. Boom, takes the spot. I had my signal on and everything. I mean, this is common courtesy. This yeah. is. I look, I look at the dude, he looks at me, and he just had, like, a fuck you vibe. Like, I don't give a shit. Mm. And he gets out, and he's wearing scrubs. Not a do- I could be a doctor. He could be a nurse. I don't know. Fuck. He could be a veterinary assistant. It, exactly. <laughs> he, be, he could be cleaning teeth. I don't fucking know, but he's wearing scrubs. He could be a janitor. So he gives hospital. me this, like, half smirk. Like, dude, if you're going to do it, just act like it was a mistake. Yeah. Own the fact that you made it, that you're an asshole. But don't, like, eh, fuck you. Yeah. Right? So I pull around, and it just turns out that someone else was leaving, and I parked directly in front of him, but on the other side. Mm-hmm. I spit on his car. I hawked a big, fat <laughs> fucking loogie and spit yeah. right on his passenger side window. Yeah. And then said, I probably need... I was only going there for one particular thing, so I was hoping, like, hopefully he's shopping. Mm-hmm. And then we were both at the self-checkout line at the same time. So I was like... I was really fucking... Because I'm not trying to get in a fight over this shit. I just want to spit on your fucking car. That's how I deal with my penny. It, it was, it was, let's put, it was viscous. It was, uh, th- this, this was not a, uh, uh, a dry mouth spittle. This was yeah. uh, a chunky, uh, very uh, lime yeah. green, no, I would my, call it. My first car was a 1990 Dodge Ram pickup truck. And it was, it was in good shape, but it was a bit of a beater truck, too. One that I wasn't particularly concerned with, like, the edges of the doors. Sure. So somebody pulled a dick move like that or, like, pulled in too close and, and you know, smirked in such a way. Or maybe, yeah. obviously, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, this is happening. <laughs> Door. <laughs> oh, that's a big black mess on your car. That's, that's going to bother you when you see that later. But to get back to what I was saying, after an hour and a half, I was... I had done so well with, with straining my pettiness mm-hmm. that I'd had enough. I, did, I didn't address... They were down at the far end of the table. I was on the other side, and I was like, this is getting fucking ridiculous. Can we just not... I didn't say it loud. I, I wasn't trying to to make it verbose, to make it or loud, if you were. I, I didn't want them to hear it. I was yeah. just talking to the guy next to me. I was like, come on, man. Do we really come here to talk politics? Is this really what we're doing? And the other guy was like, yeah, for real, it's getting kind of fucking old, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And then I made the comments like, you got 10 people, myself included, talking about shit. They have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it just, yada, yada, yada. It kept getting bigger. I was like, anybody got a joke? I was trying anything. Just yeah. let's fucking not talk about anybody it. Anybody ever heard of Riley Reed? <laughs> yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> I love porn, do y'all? Just anything, right? When I'm not here, <laughs> I'm usually looking at that. <laughs> Sometimes I play cards and watch porn. Uh, yeah, when I'm over here texting my wife, I'm looking at I'm Riley looking Reed. at porn, yeah, yeah. And then I just, I, it was funny because I reached in my pocket and said, oh, shit, I brought headphones. I never bring headphones to the table because I like to be engaged. Yeah. Because typically, over the three or four years I've played at these same games, the conversation is stimulating and fun. Whether it's like, wait, what do you do for a living? Or, hey, uh, what about this movie? Or, like, oh, man, what about, uh, last time we played on Saturday, that was really fun. But never yeah. have I seen such a sustained run of politics, even though it was nice, mm-hmm. and they were being clearly two separate parts of the spectrum, but having a decent conversation, it just, like, shut the fuck up. There's just, you know, I'm sitting here with $1,500 in chips in front of me. Right. I'm, I'm up $1,000, and I, was, I could have stayed home and done this on Facebook. A little bit less profitable, but yeah. nonetheless, like, yeah. I don't come here for this. I don't... You know, and David, I don't know, there's it. The guy that runs the game was like, come on, fellas, anything else other than this? So when I said, oh, I have headphones, the the smart-ass ex-cop friend of Ben Stiller, who's not really a friend of Ben Stiller and probably isn't an ex-cop and definitely avoided Vietnam 100%, uh, he was like, yeah, put on your fucking headphones. He made this little quip, and I just looked at him, put my headphones on, and about two hands later, I broke him. I took about $800 off. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah. Just beat him. Didn't, like, do a whole rub-in thing. Just, yeah, I got my headphones. Never talked to him. Just had my headphones, headphones in, listening yeah. to gangster rap, and just took $800 off of him. What I would have done is slowly taken the headphones out of my ears, <laughs> pulled them from my phone, <laughs> gently wound them around my fingers, and slid them towards him. <laughs> right here. I just took $800 from you. You can have a $25 pair of headphones. Oh, no. No, 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 no. These, are, these were bought in the line at Old Navy. That classic, you know when you go to Even check. Even better. The, the, you know how you go to Old Navy and yeah. you got your clothes and there's yeah. a line and they're so smart. Yeah. They surround you with shit you don't need. You candy. Some shitty hand, headphones that probably cost 50 cents in China that have a blue racing stripe down the They're only $8.99. <laughs> You're already about to spend 200 in shitty jeans and clothes. Do you sure you don't want to add that and a nutrageous bar and possibly a Coca-Cola? Well, I guess I will. But, yeah, no. Here, you want to sign up for a gym membership? <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it was like my, I was conflicted because, like, people are right that we've lost the ability to have those types of conversations with those we don't agree with. But at have- the same time, the, the the geographical nature of the conversation needs to be appropriate. I, I don't care if, if if fucking Bill Clinton and provide me with a radical Republican that's not the president because he's not even anything. Uh, I, Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity and, uh, and Barack Obama were at a bar. Mm. And they, because they're not on camera and they're not trying to fucking make the world, you know, fucking Sean Hannity's, ugh. Anyways, let's say they were having a, a very... Tucker Carlson. Right. Let, that's even better. Tucker Carlson. Tucker and, Carlson and... Uh, and, and uh, Barack Obama. What's that? What's the, no, no. What's the... What's the his inverse is on MSNBC. The, the dark, short hair. She's a... Uh, oh, Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow and Tucker Carlson are at a bar. Tuckle. Tuckle. 
Taco Carlson. Taco Carlson. Taco Carlson. Taco Carlson, <laughs> and he orders his fucking amaretto sour. <laughs> Rachel Maddow orders whiskey neat, and they're having a conversation that's that's candid, and and but but also nice spirited. Yeah. Dis- disagreeing. Even if I saw that and took some like, well, that's you know what, that's nice. There's no cameras here. They completely disagree on all, on everything, but they're being nice about it. The other part of me would be like, this is a fucking bar. Mm. Just have your cocktail. Yeah, talk about your mutual love of pussy. Yeah, you both love pussy. Well, she does. I don't really know about taco. <laughs> taco likes waste. Taco cars. likes all kinds of things. <laughs> taco likes waste cars. <laughs> And we just strike Tucker has Tucker has waste car bed. <laughs> I put a, a spray paint a three on it. Cause I'm Taco Carlson. I like to wear ties that match my university colors. I kind of, you know, if nothing else, I hope this show b- just blows up on some weird shit. Because if we could just do an entire show, or even segment every week about just. It's it's that time it's that time folks shit on Tucker Coffin Fuck Tucker Fuck Tucker <laughs> Every Tuesday night with TPTO it's that segment Tucker Tuck Fuck Tucker What Carlson. we do is we get we get a, a look alike to just sit in his place and have that confused dog look on his face. Well, he does the thing where he, when he asks a question the octave rises. Right. Do you really think that ISIS is gonna <laughs> What? <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with you, nitwit? I really don't. I, 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 Hannity's a piece of shit, but Tucker Carlson, well, Hannity's the bigger piece of shit because Hannity yeah. is actually more dangerous. Yeah. But well, they both have they both have. Or Ingraham uh, can do that too. Like they both have Trump dongs and orifices. There's no question. I but the thing the difference is Tucker knows. I think he has. I honestly think he he is intellectually aware. Knows that this is his career. Right. Like. He does this ridiculous shit because it makes him money. It brings right. listeners. It brings um, advertising well, yeah, dollars. I honestly, I honestly think yeah. that if Donald Trump said to Sean Hannity, "I'll give you exclusive interviews, only you. Mm-hmm. You can be, you can, uh, you know, be the panel judge or the panel person for the only debate that I'll do for the 2020 president." Just sold him. You're my only guy. Mm-hmm. But you have to let me put my mushroom tip into your mouth and come in your throat. <laughs> I honestly think Sean Hannity would do it. I'm just telling you. Well, I, I paint a beautiful picture. I just think that if Donald said, "And when I come, I don't want you to. Sque- I want you to squeeze just my right ball. Leave my left ball alone." I just want you to take my right ball in your hand, and I'm going to tell you, I'm about to come, and you have to just grab the right ball and squeeze as hard as you can, and then I'll pump a load in your mouth, and I want you to show it to me, then swallow it. The good news for Sean Hannity is, one, it can't taste any worse than whatever his favorite flavor of Jewel Pot is, and two, it, it chances are it tastes a lot like McDonald's. Oh, it's Diet Coke and McDonald's, 100%. <laughs> But I, I love the the visual of just, you know, furry, orangutan red ball, ball-haired <laughs> Donald Trump and his tiny dong. Just, you know that hair is not orangutan red. <laughs> it's white as a... It's, it look, it dude, his balls look like Doc Brown's head yeah. from, from Back to the Future. They're just white and awful looking and probably all over the place. Like, I imagine there's no grooming. There's no grooming. There's no grooming going on down there. No. 
I mean, even if you ask Melania, she's going to be, fuck you. I honestly think that's the response to almost anything Donald Trump says to her. Yeah. Off camera, yeah. no spotlight. Honey, can you give me a Diet Coke? Fuck you. Honey, can you yeah. shave my balls? Fuck you. Yeah, no, if I had to, I, mean, I don't bet much, but if I had to place bets, I would I would bet that that uh, there's not been any Trump nudity between the two of them. Ever. In a long time. No, I don't think it's ever. I think it's ever. What like, about Barron? How do you think Barron came came? He was probably wearing one of his ties and a dress shirt and just pulled down his pants, plunged in, did the thing, and that's it. I There's a good chance that was the last time he plunged in, too. I'm honestly <laughs> especially now. But I, I, I honestly no. He's never been naked in front of Melania. And if he has been, <laughs> the lights were off. And that's for her sake. Yeah. <laughs> off with blackout curtains over the windows. I mean, that's that's as much as I have to say about it. It just so it was funny, so uh, that was on Friday night that we had the, you know, political poker. And I was getting, I had had a drink and I started getting like, shut the fuck up about it. Like, please, let's just play cards. I even told Dave, I was like, honestly, man, I'm up a lot of money. I might just cash out. And he's like, why? And I was like, because I, I really can't. You said his name. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there's weird. a lot, of, there's a lot of people with that name. Right. But I just said, you know what? I'm about to cash out. I, I really, he's like, are you, is it everything all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just up a lot. Be safe. Plus, I can't take much more of this. This is boring. That and, you know, all cops are bastards. Yeah, this is just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please subscribe if you're a police officer. Uh, but I was like, I really, this is so Stop annoying. This is so, teenagers. this is so annoying to me. I mean, I would have, it would have been better. It's like that scene from Dumb and Dumber, the most annoying sound in the world. I would have rather have had that noise coming, like some guy. <laughs> It's down in the table doing that sure. and listening to these two, I won't call them nitwits because they were, well, the Trumper was a nitwit because he was really bringing up the classic points yeah. that deflect from the real issues. But nonetheless, I just, I was tired of it and I was like, I'm going to leave. He's like, you know, come on, don't, you know, don't have to be like that. And I was like, all right, I'll stay around for a while. But nonetheless, it, and so that Saturday I played and the same, the guy that runs that Friday game was just playing now at, a, at another guy's game and he's like I know you got mad last night you just gotta be able to control that and I was like I agree I, I probably shouldn't have said anything and he's like but I did get this this morning it was a he showed me a text from the democratic side of that argument the brown Indian fellow mm-hmm. and he was like hey uh, I know last night I heard that someone was kind of frustrated with the political conversation down the other side of the table I really 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 apologize I know that that's kind of like a t- uh, faux pas mm-hmm. I'll never do it again and I, that the same Indian fellow came to the same game on Saturday Saturday and sat down right next to me mm-hmm. and I meant to kind of pull him aside but it wasn't you <laughs> it really wasn't because yeah. I was like I'm not liberal but you were actually presenting valid points you weren't it wasn't like you were just saying yeah but Obama right you were saying well what about the budget isn't that like a core problem yeah. With what's going on with the deficit, I should say. Yeah. Like, why is it you all kowtow and follow this man when he's clearly not leading the party in the right direction? Like, he, really he was making salient, were... he yeah. was making salient and and honest and what's, like, respectable points, but not being disrespectful. He wasn't like he was challenging. Yeah. He was saying, I, I want, he was literally questioning. Yeah. Whereas the other guy was like, yeah, what, how do you, I mean, what do you feel about... Well, this is a border wall. It's a national emergency. No, it's not. Like it's you're just following yeah. the, the the Trump line. You're not thinking as an independent thinker. You're not asking yourself hard questions. You're literally just taking. You're you're the baby bird. Mm-hmm. 
and Fox News hovers over your television at night <laughs> and regurgitates whatever the president or Fox News wants you to think right, and believe, right. and you eat it, mm, so happy, and then you want to take it. Now you've grown up as a baby bird. Now you want to regurgitate that down the line. Now I have talking points. Right. You don't have talking points. You're just regurgitating shit that you've heard via social media, whatever. And there was actually one guy there, and I'll let you take the floor. But there was one guy there that was sitting next to me, and they were talking about the national border and yada, yada, yada. And, of course, Mr. Johnny Q, Ben Stiller's best friend Republican, <laughs> says, well, you know, Bill Clinton did this. And the guy next to me hadn't said a word for that whole full hour and a half. He's like, no, you're wrong. And he goes, you don't even know the Republican. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Goes, yeah, I do, but finish. I, I knew I loved this guy <laughs> already. He hadn't said a word all night. Yeah. And he goes, like, oh, well, fine. Well, Bill Clinton did this, and uh, he separated in the dude's stuff. No, he didn't. They did imprison people, or they did take immigrants and put them in holding facilities, but they did that as units. They didn't take the children from the fa- from the mother and father. They didn't separate families. Right. They as kept a, as a deter as a deterrent right. or D- a deterrent. Way to deter, right. Deterrent. Yeah. They they took yes they took illegal immigrants and they housed them in what you would call holding or. It wasn't prison, but holding facilities like we see now. But they never separated the children. And he, this dude had, like, facts, dates. Hit, like, he was like, no. Actually, Clinton did deter, did put families in holding cells together, mm-hmm. but he never separated children from parent. Yeah. And then he only did that until the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional. And that court, that was reversed when Neil Gorsuch was appointed as Trump's first uh Supreme Court justice, and he even, he even mentioned the case. So I was like, what do you do for a living? I'm a lawyer. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. They, it, he, he was like, he said, in such and such case of like, you know, the Supreme Court's always like Hernandez versus the state of Arizona. Yeah. They reversed this court decision when Clinton had it, and then in, when Gorsuch was appointed, they overturned that decision because they had the majority. So now they're saying, not only can you intern these people, mm. but you can separate them. Yeah. And the guy, the, Mr. Johnny Q, Ben Stiller's best friend Republican, had nothing to well, say. Well, Ex- exactly. He just turned it around. He's like, yeah. yeah, well, Obama's, I mean, he said it was a national Well, emergency. Obama was black. <laughs> He was a little bit more red than this. I want to give him credit because he wasn't like he wasn't the the ignoramus that was just like, right. well, Obama, you fucking shit face, fucking Nigerian or whatever. Um, uh, no, I, you know, the thing, something I thought about the other day. You know, this came to mind when you were talking about the 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 brown American. Since you don't want to call him an Indian. Asking about the deficit, you know, Von Essler once commented on the fact that the year the Tea Party Republicans got elected, it was the what, what became it was the 2012 election. You know, Obama gets reelected, but so does people like Ted Cruz, the Tea Party Republicans, the less tax, more freedom people, the people who lots of modern day conservatives really like the the people who like to say things like you know Democrats are a tax and spend party. They want to tax you more and spend more of your money. They want to drive up the deficit. They want to put us into more debt. And to Von Esther's point, he said, the year the, te- the Tea Party Republicans got elected and took over the majority of Congress, we added more to it. Like, the deficit has only gone up. Republicans have controlled the House and Senate pretty much since 2012, excluding this most recent election. And, and under Obama, with a Republican Congress... 
the who they you know it was like reminder here equal power between Congress and the president the deficit <laughs> has only gone up under Donald Trump and his Republican controlled everything for the first two years they added two trillion dollars to the deficit it's like I don't want to hear any more we're the conservative party that doesn't want to spend your money and take more money from you it's all bullshit. You you've you've more or less had the majority of power since 2012, even under a Democrat president. And 2010 only, only helped add to the problem. 2010. What I like is came to mind after our conversation last week around the. Uh, I was asleep. I don't know. Well, I was gonna say. Well, <laughs> last week I made the joke about all the all the hardcore Republican <laughs> conservatives who still want to defend Trump and his Republican tax plan, even though it's fucking them over. Mm. And I thought, you know what? You deserve this. Because for as long as I've been interested in politics, every conservative and or Republican I've had a conversation with has said things like, the tax code is too complicated. Taxes are too complicated. Ted, Ted Cruz wants the tax code to be reduced to a postcard you fill out and send in the mail. And with this new Trump tax plan... There's no more uh, itemized deductions. Yeah. You can't go through and and loophole your way around what you owe and deduct this and deduct that and include this. It's just we've we've increased everybody's uh, um, what do you call it Not standard deduction. Right. And we've done away with a lot. Republican voters got what they've been bitching about for decades. They got a simpler, cleaner, easier to follow tax code. Congress got rid of a lot of the bullshit, and you know what? It's come back to bite them all in the ass, and now they're butthurt about it. It's like, I, hey, you I, know I what? Say, you, you had this coming, because all the loopholes you didn't like are what you took advantage of to save money during tax season. So the next, uh, maybe like the next bracket or two above us is the ones I'm seeing on Facebook right now, talking about, we're getting screwed. Yeah, now, these are people. It's the 100K-ish right, people. Right, 100 to 150K-ish people. And my favorite was someone you know, but we don't need to say any names. But she was like, this is the first time in 25 years we've owed. And mm-hmm. she goes on this rant, and she's like, the IRS is really screwing us. And I was like, that is just blatant <laughs> not see. Yeah. Th- that is missing the forest yeah. for the trees. So yeah. you're saying that in 25, and you paid taxes for yeah. probably closer to 40. Right. But in the last 25, this is the first time you've owed. And now you're saying the IRS is screwing That's you? It's like blaming the police for the laws that, the, that Congress put into place. It's fucking absurd, and I loved it because what I saw was some of her friends mm-hmm. who she's not one to really bear, like, she doesn't tolerate, like, she's not us. Right. Who, like, to, would love to engage with nitwits like Tarver. I know this person that you're talking you about? You do. Okay. Well, off pot, I'll tell you who it is. Sure. But she doesn't engage. Like, she doesn't want that kind of political engagement on her page. Okay. But when she makes a post like that, and you say the IRS is really screwing you, and then you watch some of your very many friends say, "Sugar, this ain't the IRS yeah. screwing you. The IRS screws everybody. That's their job. Hmm. They got to get the government's money. These aren't bad people. You got fucked by the guy you love. Yeah, you, you got, got fucked by the you got Republican by the fucking party you have espoused mm-hmm. belief in for however many decades because they're they've got the right answers to all of. And I loved it problems. because a lot of them were coming back, like. How much do you think Donald T- or Trump paid in taxes? How much do you think Mitch McConnell paid in taxes? How, How much do you think th- fucking Amazon paid in taxes? Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Right. Meanwhile, so, your percentage of income uh, in terms of taxes has gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wh- at what point do these people need to have their eyes open? I'm not saying they need to start voting for people like Bernie Sanders, but at what point do they stop 
just blindly following, well, I'm a conservative well, Republican. Like, uh, and how good has that worked out for you? Let's, so let's put a five-minute requiem on this. Let's end this after five minutes and talk about nothing but Terminator 2. <laughs> I'm putting that out there. Okay. All right. What? Okay, so like you said, they're not going to vote for Bernie. And that's not what, that's not, that's unrealistic. Yeah. Unrealistic expectation. They're going to keep shitting on AOC because she's a young woman with a brain yeah. and some pretty fucking crazy ideas that even I'm like, slow down, she slow down. She ideas, but she killed it in the fucking Michael uh, Cohen interview. Uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> a lot of people killed it. Yeah. But she's crazy. She provides fodder for them to be like socialist, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. But, <clears throat> okay, you, you can't vote for a Democrat, understood. You can't vote for a Democratic socialist, completely understood. Mm-hmm. But you can ask more from your party. Yeah. You can say, okay, look, we didn't want, we were pissed about Obama. He's black. We don't like black people. He was going to make us buy health insurance. I mean, he did come into a pretty severe recession and make life pretty much better for almost everyone. But nonetheless, he used those executive powers too much, and, and we don't I mean, like that. I do that. realize that we're still paying for now a two-decades-long preemptive war started by the previous <laughs> Republican administration. <laughs> but... But all comedy, all, all of that aside, you can demand more from your party. Yeah. If, if you bleed Republican red, if you've been a junior Republican and you went to college and joined the college Republican mm-hmm. and you came out and you joined your local government as a Republican, great. You believe in what you believe. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you feel like that's who you are, you should do it. Yeah. But I don't think that you would that you should totally sacrifice every sense of morality. Mm-hmm. This is not religious at all. This right. is morality. Yeah. And say, okay, we couldn't vote for Hillary, right? So we voted for Donald Trump. We 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 took that evil yeah. and assumed that that evil would be better than a, a Hillary-led government. Understood completely. I've, we've talked about this countless times. Right. As we sit here now, episode 52, two and a half years into this man's presidency, any Republican that tries to tell me that there is some moral or religious grounds that can defend this man... <laughs> Is dead. <laughs> the, these are people. It's like they're all becoming Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he's more evil to me. Just dead on the inside. He's dead. He, well, yeah, he's like an enabler with an alcoholic best friend. He he <laughs> is far worse than Donald Trump <laughs> yeah. because he's he's the he's the, the he's the wall. He's, he's the, the Senate, deflecting wall. He's the Senate Majority Leader, and as I've already said, Congress has equal power with the president, and they right. don't exercise. No, it. they don't. And that, but my point is, if I was a true blue Republican, I would say, okay, we just lost the Congress. I'm not going to call it a blue wave. They did win a bunch of seats. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of Senate. There wasn't much chance for the Senate to go away from us in this cycle. Mm-hmm. In two years, if we lose both. Like they, it's like they're not reticent, yeah. right? So like well, the de- I, hold I on, they just assume the Democrats in two, the Democrats in two thousand eight mm-hmm. won everything, yeah. House, Senate, presidency, yeah. Yeah. right? They were just oh, coming in their pants all over the nation. Mm-hmm. Two years later, they lost. Right, they lost the House, and now we get Bob, uh, Ryan. And Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz. And the fucking Tea and Party idiots. Despite all their rhetoric and bullshit, they helped add to the national debt. 
And beyond that, but I'm saying those guys, and there's a book about this, and I'll get the title for you in a later date. Those guys met in, in, in secret. Right. And they John said. John Boehner, too, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But he even seen, he's actually reformed. He's seen the error well, of this Well, and John way. Boehner's the one who's admitted to the meeting you're about to get to. Right. Said it doesn't matter what Obama does. It doesn't matter if we think it's good or bad. But particularly if it's good. Yeah. If it's good policy for the United States, we will go against it. We will obstruct. We will fight it. We will obstruct it at every turn. They were not interested we will not cooperate in the good right, in the good of the country. It's darky. Right. That's <laughs> basically what they said. Mm-hmm. Which is shocking. And that's where and that's where they lost me. I voted Republican and I actually do I if someone asked me to really describe myself, politically that is, I would say fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Mm. I don't think, like you discussed in detail when you really went preacher last week, and it was a good thing, <laughs> but they don't – legislating morality, no. Yeah. Telling a woman what she can do with her body, absolutely not, especially when you're saying stay out of my wallet, yeah. but I'm going to be in your vagina. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. So all that aside, the whole point of this is Republicans are, are not demanding a better candidate. Right. Like – yeah, I don't be with the popular I don't, they voted for. I don't know if John Kasich would be a better candidate. I think he would. He's yeah. a Republican. He's proven time and time again that he's a, a voice of reason. Yeah, he sounds like a sane person. He sounds like a sane person. Yeah. He goes on all the networks, whether yeah. it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox. I mean, he does. It, he is a sound human being. He's a great Bill Barr guest, and it doesn't get more lefty than that as far as TV shows go. I, and I respect anybody that goes on Bill Maher's show. I, look, I, I think Ann Coulter's a fucking cunt. I'll say it. <laughs> but she she has the balls, yeah. more balls yeah. than most men, to go on that show. Yeah. To get booed and veered, but still go on. Yeah. And he enjoys that. Yeah. He enjoys having a, a, a dis... A, a little bit. A, a bit. I actually agree. The, the, you know, he, she's not afraid to go on, on that show and have a dissonant voice attack her, and he's not afraid to have her very different voice come on the show. Mm-hmm. They're not demanding anything. They're just right. saying, this is our guy. Yeah. He, well, I, I'll say this. I think that... But they're missing the forest for the trees here. Right. Because you just lost Congress, and that's the reason that now we get to see all these sideshows. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about your sideshow. Yesterday was a fucking sideshow. Now I know yeah. we're a week in advance. I, I, I love all of the Republican precedent being set. The, the, if and when the day comes that there is a Democrat National majority Mer- leader. No, no, not that. If and when the day comes there is a Democrat Senate majority leader and there is a Supreme Court seat up for election during an election year. All he has to do is say, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. fuck you. We're not voting on it. Yeah. It's and be beautiful. And, and and when Republicans are out, he's like, Neil Gorsuch, <laughs> Merrick, Garland, Merrick Garland, you yeah. fucking tool. <laughs> but what I... what That I, sounds like you're, you're calling Merrick Garland a fucking tool. Well, I wanna, he is a tool. I've met him, and he didn't buy me a drink. I, I want to backtrack. <laughs> he, he's not a tool. It, it's the... Neil Gorsuch is. Well, he, well maybe, he, maybe not. It's Mitch McConnell. Brett, oh. Mitch McConnell's Donald the Trump? tool. Oh, no, Mitch, well, Trump yeah, Andy? that... Tucker yeah, Carlson. uh, Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what I was getting... Ingram. <laughs> Tommy Lahren. We can all agree she sucks. Oh, Jesus. What a little... A, a blonde-haired 27-year-old trying to tell the world how it works. She knows everything. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end my tirade on this. This is... Uh, the, the whole... I think we're, we're past our quorum. I'm going to give you an initial two minutes. To be minutes. fair, you took the five. 
Well, it, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, you took most of last week's episode because I was asleep. So yeah. I'm just trying to catch up. I'll just say this in closing on this particular topic: the hundred k and up crowd who votes Republican and is pissed about their taxes going up. It's a good sort of micro cosm or litmus test example of what the Republican Party has been selling you since fucking Ronald Reagan. This idea that if we lower taxes on the Warren Buffetts of the world, that will somehow trickle down and benefit you. And I've said this for as long as I've been interested in politics. We're going on 40 years now of that kind of thinking. Even under Obama, the tax code was never restored to what it was prior to Reagan. If that was true, shouldn't people like you and me be swimming in just trickled-down wealth by this point. Where has it all trickled to? You look at, you know, Bernie points it out all the time. He pointed it out even before he ran for president. You look at your average corporate CEO pay, it's it's gone up 300 times. They've gone up hundreds of millions and, in some cases, billions of dollars. But fucking plumbers, HVAC techs, Walmart work, their income has not changed in the last 40 years. If the Reagan scheme is supposed to lift all boats, why has it only lifted the boats of the wealthiest people? Yeah. Why is median income in 2019 roughly within five to $10,000 what it was in the 1980s? Great segue into Terminator 2. Well, yeah, because it took place in the 1980s. That's, well, this is not. <laughs> this is 19, early 90s. This took this take place under uh, George <laughs> Walker Bush. Yes. But great segue. Or Clinton. So, yes, everything's being fed to the super rich. Right. My, 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 it, I just want to, I want to emphasize the point. The way that that hundred k conservative crowd is feeling fucked right now, they've been getting fucked since the nineteen eighties. Sure, but now they're really <laughs> getting fucked. And now they're actually noticing it. Well, they're noticing it, but they're really getting fucked. But the what question I, is, are they going to do anything? Nothing. About it? They're not doing anything about it because they, in their mind, to quote our great president, they're winning. Yeah. Not right now. Build that wall. Build the wall. Lock her up. Lock her up. Dumb bitch. Michael Cohen is not trustworthy, even though he was the president's personal lawyer for 10 years. Yeah, two years ago, the guy was, yeah, regardless. But it's a great segue. So I'm waiting on Giuliani to a, say proof isn't proof. Right. It's a great, it's it's a good segue, though. <laughs> so the reason I, I liked T2 tonight mm. was for the apocalyptic nature. Okay. Now, I'm not saying, every generation has always said that things were better back in the day. Right. That's a common concept in American history. Right. Separate water fountains. Right. Jesus. Let's not do that. <laughs> we can only cover so much. <laughs> but every generation, mainly white, mm-hmm. the, the, the ruling class has yeah. always said that things were better 30 years ago. Things were better in the 50s. Things were better, well, the 1860s were rough. But things were better before that. Yeah. Right? But... As things are, 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 as they are now, where there is, so not social media, but the internet and social media in conjunction, you really do see, like Betsy DeVos running sec- Secretary of Education, the woman's worth like $45 mil- billion. The yeah. family, the, the, DeVos, the DeVos family is fucking ludicrously rich. Yeah. She, she like loathes public education. Right. It never sent her kids to public education. As if, as if all of America could, should just grab their bootstraps and send their kids to private school. But, and and we we discussed uh, watching a film that we've kind of watched before on this, The Dark Knight. Now, The Dark Knight 
is a, is a wonderful film. Should have mm-hmm. won Best Film at the Academy Awards. I think they only gave Best Actor to Heath Ledger because he because he died. But. Uh, sidebar: What won Best Film this year? Because the Oscars just the ended. Green Room, which is another conversation that we could definitely have. It was oh, white people dealing with racism and getting over it. Wasn't that like a male version of Driving Miss Daisy? It's a male version of Driving Miss Daisy. It's basically substitute Michelle Pfeiffer from Dangerous Minds with Viggo Mortensen. It's it had no reason. No reason it should. It, good movie, yes. They should have given it to Black Panther if they were if they were gonna just go by the race card. Why not give it to the movie that it's like the highest grossing film of the year? Yeah. It again, <laughs> we don't have time for all that. But what I'm saying is the reason that I thought Terminator Two was a good choice is for its apocalyptic nature. The skin peeling. And I and I love this scene where he peels his arm off, but. The Dark Knight has one of the most surreal and unbelievable lines, and that's why Heath Ledger, God bless his soul, I wish he was still alive. When the when the cards fall, when the chips go down, mm. and we're facing some serious shit, and people are hungry, mm-hmm. and they're not hungry, when people are starving, and they can't feed their children, and this whole thing breaks down. And I, I am not saying this is happening in the next 50 years. I'm not saying it's happening in the next 500 Mm-hmm. But I will say this is the longest a republic, if you want to call it that, democracy, republic, has ever lasted. Right. They don't last, and for a reason. And I think we're starting to see the cresting tide of why right. they don't last. When you have people voting against their own interests right. because of any myriad of reasons— well, you start to see you, you, to and you, they believe it. right. You see a decay, and and the right side say, "Ooh, gay marriage, LGBTQ, abortion." That's what they see as the turning of the tide. Is this, this moral equivalency? Mm-hmm. That's what they ascribe it to. I look at it differently and say, "All that shit's been around forever." Yeah. Like yeah. you want you want to bash homosexuals and just bash the entirety of humanity. Now, listen, uh, I understand you want to take the paper away from the gay relationship. They're still butt fucking, <laughs> and they've been butt fucking since the dawn of time. Yeah, we, and, we can take the ink and we can Mitch Hedberg and take the ink and paper out of this. Yeah. They're still going to butt fuck. Ricky Gervais had the greatest stand-up of all time about homosexuality within different subspecies. Mm-hmm. People look at this as a human problem. Mm-hmm. It's not. Dolphins are gay. Cows are gay. Mm-hmm. You can literally name the subspecies, and there's homosexuality within every single one of them. So we are just, you saying that all of God's creations are an abomination? I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm, But the point of what I'm saying about the Dark Knight was the line when he's talking to Harvey Dent mm-hmm. after he's become Two-Face, right. the Joker, by the way, right. in the hospital room, dressed like a nurse. Mm-hmm. You remember the scene? Yeah. And he says, when the chips are down and things fall apart, people will eat each other mm. and people I think the conception that most people have is that it was metaphorical right. like we'll just kill each other to get what we need and that's true too mm. I don't think it was metaphorical mm. and this gets back to our bone tomahawk mm. I think it's literal yeah because we have this social fabric that we like to talk about all the time that keeps us together keeps humanity and morality you know, we're all just people. We should help, you know, love each other, help each other. No, no, no. When this shit bottoms out, it, that's why people love zombie movies. Right. Because zombie movies, it's the great what if. Right. What would I do? 
you know. So what you're suggesting is that we may eventually end up in a zombie apocalypse without these zombie No zombies. They're just people eating people. And that's why, like, people love The Walking Dead now. But The Walking Dead has had to transition Mm -hmm. from you're not afraid of the zombies. The zombies are predictable. You can stab the zombie in the head. Mm -hmm. If you have enough ammo, you can shoot them all in the head, and you're fine, even if it's a horde. What you're afraid of are the people. Right. That that's what the Negans. Th- that's right. The Negans, and I heard there's some other. I haven't watched since. the Whisperers or something. They, like, there's a new they, one with the. Well, dead. they wear. They they move amongst the zombie herds yeah. and they whisper to each other to communicate. Mm-hmm. But that's that's why. That's the fun of that show. As much as people shit on it, every new <sighs> obstacle becomes that much more uh, unscalable. Like you go back to. The original obstacles were the zombies, and then it was uh, the governor, mm-hmm. and then it w- and the prison and all that, and right. then and like. But then they're on the road, and the zombies are the bad ones. Right, yeah. and then you, and in your mind, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the comics, you're thinking it doesn't get worse than that governor bullshit. That dude was a mm-hmm. fucking tyrant. And then Negan bashes you, Glenn's head out. And you meet right. Negan, and he kills uh, uh, Abraham. Glenn and Abraham, mm-hmm. and it's like fuck. But at the same time, the difference between the governor and the Negan, when Negan came into the focus, it was like. I'm kind of hoping Negan. Was, yeah, like, because Negan's making sense. Yeah, and the, he's the world. To the watch. world has changed. Yeah, like, and this is not a, a Walking Dead podcast, but you know, Rick and the crew—they're trying to preserve the old. They're story. hanging on to something. Yeah, and what Negan had decided very early on mm-hmm. was that shit is dead. Yeah, like we don't live in that world anymore. We have to yeah. redefine. Our yeah, system. Ne- Redefine the, our values. <laughs> Negan is the liberal to Rick's conservative. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're living in the past. Like, gay's the thing. We're going to have to get used to it. Yeah. Do you think Negan <laughs> gave a shit if one, of the, if one of the fucking saviors was butt-fucking another savior? Not at all. Not at all. It's just yeah. not... They, they just, look, they, they, they probably had gay marriage at the sanctuary. Yeah. Because it didn't fucking matter. Yeah. You live in a, a, a an altered world now. That's not the point. Yeah. But... That's why that show, it, that's what's more interesting. And that's why you watch, so the allegory here is, in Terminator 2, their fight is against technology. Mm-hmm. And I think we're dealing with that too. Yeah. I think Skynet in this movie is could be mirrored in many ways by social media. Facebook. Facebook. Amazon. syllables. Well, not Amazon, but... Regardless, I mean seriously. Yeah. I, I look at how much my wife orders on Amazon. I mean, we get everything via Amazon. Yeah. We get diapers. We get wipes. We get food. We yeah. get everything from Amazon. I get. I mean, it's almost every day. There's a package at my door, from Amazon, and and that's the fight we're fighting now. Is that not only are we distance, distancing ourselves from humanity mm-hmm. in some way by doing that. Yeah. But we're we're fighting this uphill. We're feeding a system. Yeah. We're, if you order something from Amazon that you could readily go get right down the road and sure. support not a local business, it's not like Kroger's the mom-and-pop store, right? but you're getting it cheaper mm. and it's delivered to your home, yeah. right? Seems great. But those fuckers don't pay any taxes. Yeah. They're, not, there's, they're not helping our system at all. And, in fact, they're pitting cities against cities. Yeah. John Oliver talked about this on Sunday night. You got why would Amazon not put a uh, their next hub in Detroit? Simple know. question. I'm not a why, I know, but I'm just saying you're pit, okay. So you, it's like Atlanta was up. We we fought hard. Yeah, cities are going to go in right over here. Right, too. Doraville. Cities were fighting hard to get 
the next Q2 mm-hmm. or whatever they head H2, yeah. Headquarters 2 for Amazon out of Seattle. All Amazon had to do is like, if you elect Brian Kemp and he does any religious liberty, we're out. Mm-hmm. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna bring billions of dollars of business to your state if your state is going to side with the cake baker every time a gay couple wants to get married. Right. But that's my point. It's like you're you're not you're not we're not reticent of the things around us that are no good for us now. Right. We look at them as positives. And it's it it's not strictly it's I mean it's political, mm-hmm. right? It's cultural, it's sociological. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm not I'm not the guy that I'm not a doomsday prepper. Right? I don't have a bunker. I do store water. I know. And a lot of canned you goods. Shared. Yeah. You should probably pump the brakes on that because when the shit hits the fan, a lot of these podcast listeners are going to know where to find water. Well, they don't know exactly where I live. Good luck. I mean, Smyrna Vinings is not a small area. But nonetheless, you know, I'm not saying that I'm out here storing ammo. That's the other part about this. It's like I store water. Water didn't stop bullets. I don't have many of those. Yeah. I've got I have an, a lot of those. I, I, I got an antique we'll shot. team up. I have a lot of bullets. You have a lot of water. We should discuss. <laughs> we should have a, a, a rendezvous point. I'm that a rare, bug out bag, yeah, if you I'm will. That, I'm that oddball liberal gun owner. In fact, I'm part of a Facebook group called Liberal Gun Owners. And there should be. And they're, they're, they, they talk, the posts they make, the things they say. Can we save sex? Yeah, I was just say the, th- the posts they make and the things they say are what I would love to see out of the NRA. <laughs> Common sense gun talk. Right. And they don't do it. Safe sex. So, I want to touch on something that you brought up with the Amazon. That just... By the way, McDonald's is not happening again <laughs> for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I want you to do it with Amazon. At least it's not making you sleepy like Gallas did. <sighs> no more Gallas either. We need to have... I told you, next time we want to do pizza, we'll do vintage pizzeria. That's fine, but we need to get back. I think uh, Baldino's, we need to get back to Tuesdays. I'm fine with that. But February's over, shit! Anyways, Amazon, go ahead. You said something about everybody gets everything from Amazon, blah, 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 blah. And it made me think, you know, everybody that knows my interest in clothing calls me the suit guy. And I get suit uh, advice questions from people, especially when, like, weddings are coming up. And the best suit advice I've ever heard given that I give to people is don't buy 10 cheap suits buy one really incredible suit that costs what 10 cheap ones would cost yeah better to have one great quality you've, you've schooled me on this i've learned um there's a whole movement i have a, a friend who's also kind of a customer and and kristen is a customer of hers her name's megan she has her, her own clothing line it's ethically sourced ethically made in atlanta and justifiably so it's expensive she pays her work the people who make her clothes because it's her clothing line. She pays them well. She pays them pretty much at a premium because it's made in the U.S., sure. quality fabric. So when you buy a shirt from Megan, it's not $25 even like it is at Target. It's 250 It's a lot of money. Um, that's And that's it's not... It's, get what you pay for, man. Yeah, but it's not artificially inflated. She's setting a price to make a profit and still ethically paying... The, the prices of producing it. I get scoffed at when I talk about the price of the ties that I like or the brands that I like. I don't necessarily own all of them, but it's like, yeah, a ring jacket made in Japan, ethically, of, of uh, you know, it's a 1200 to sixteen to $2,200 sport coat. It's fucking expensive, but you buy it, and you'll never need to buy another one. 
you don't need to go on Amazon and buy some, you know, polyester garbage for 25 bucks and then get 10 more every time you want to go to a wedding and then have a collection of shit that's garbage made in China by some kid getting paid 10 cents an hour. Definitely getting diddled. That too. Like, uh, just, just kind of harp on something that Chris and I are both passionate about. Diddling? No. <laughs> it's referred to as slow fashion because there's a very popular trend, especially in women's category, which is why Megan's so prevalent. Women love to just just turn and burn, go buy a new something, a new pair of jeans, a new shirt, a new dress, a new pair of shoes, and it's all cheap. They all got it at the, on a bargain. It's all made in China or Thailand or wherever the fuck. It costs next to nothing to make and even you know, next to nothing to, to buy and wear. And they wear it that one time, and they hang it up in their closet, and they fucking forget about it, and they replace it with something else a month later. And the slow fashion movement is buy less, buy better. Just sort of echoing kind of what you were touching on with Amazon. I only buy shit from Amazon that I don't have an option to get from elsewhere. If I can buy it from down the street, if I can buy it from somebody local especially, I go there. When I go grocery shopping, I try to go to a farmer's market or the fresh market before I go to Kroger. You know, I wouldn't, I'm not disparaging what you guys do, but like, I wouldn't buy diapers from Amazon because I can buy them down the street. I, I try not to give the Amazons and Walmarts of the world money knowing what fuckheads they are when it comes to how they treat their people. Sure. Again, I don't have any control over that. Yeah, I know. I show, I know. I show up home from well, work every day and there's a box of diapers <laughs> outside the door. I'll say this. I'm surprised you're doing diapers because Leo was on that washable diaper train yeah. before well, the you baby know, that, came. You know what's funny about that? And I, you know, it's a nice transition. You, you have, or I say she, I'll say she because I didn't. She had this vision. It mm. kind of, you know, you know what's funny about that? It, it started immediately. So she had a birth plan. Right, a doula. Which was actually great. Right. I loved our doula. She was, it was great that she was there. And actually, there were two doulas there. We only paid for one, but they loved Leah so much, they both showed up. The, and they gave... The two doulas I, for the present I want to give, like, all joking aside, I'm not going to mean, drop name drop because we paid them quite a bit, and they didn't really... They weren't really there for <laughs> when the time came. Because, you know, C-sections are C-sections. Well, yeah, that's like... <laughs> but I do want to say, them being, they gave every, and I'm not even getting weepy about it, but they tried every trick, every every maneuver in their book mm. to get V into a proper right. burial. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a proper spot. Why would for, I go back to Parkinson's? For birth. <laughs> Not burial. Jesus. Well, they tried their absolute best. And they, uh, literally, they had her on her hands and knees. That was a they true were, Michael J. Fox moment. Uh, like, I'm a wolf. Why would I go back to Parkinson's? Yeah. Shit. Damn it. But they, they, they literally gave every single maneuver they had in the book to get that baby to turn mm-hmm. and to get the birth canal ready to go to make sure they were maximizing every, every bit of knowledge they had, they did it. And they were with us for 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Not happening. That being said, the birth plan was out the fucking door. Yeah. And I always kind of, I am the... Pragmatist. Yeah, I was going to say pragmatist uh, with the caveat that I am the pessimist. Mm-hmm. And I think that word gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it makes it uh, the... The insinuation is Perhaps that... Perhaps you replace it with realist. That's a better word. 
I'm a realist. realist. I'm a pragmatic realist. And I knew that Lee had this. She's like, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. It was all very linear. Right. Like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And this is going to happen. Then we're going to have this baby our way. Mm. And I knew many months before that that having a child is simply not developing a business plan. Yeah. Right? There's nothing about it that you can plan for. Nothing. You can read all the books, and the next thing you know, you have a colicky newborn that doesn't want to sleep at any point in time. So your whole plan to feed, burp, change, put down for three hours, and repeat is out the fucking window. And again, we're not trying to make this about my my birth journal. Not my personal, but being a part of it. Right. Uh, But... The, the greatest thing that happened about watching all of that birth plan fall apart was <sighs> Leah's understanding that that's not, not just how birth works, but how life doesn't right. work like that. Right. So the old adage, we plan, God laughs, is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I know you're not very, we differ on this. But I, the greatest thing that happened about the difficulties of that birth was seeing her come to the realization based on what I was saying was the old Alexander Pope is not the greatest thing to quote, but he always said, what is, is right. Mm -hmm. Now you can dissect that and say, well, the Holocaust happened. Is that right? No. Right. So I'm not saying that he, you can't apply that to any given situation and Mm -hmm. say like, oh, that, well, yeah, it was supposed to happen. But yeah, God was asleep for a few years. Right. But what what I what I told her was in a, within this small <clears throat> microscopic vision. Yeah. Is we had a plan, and the shit fell off the rails immediately. Yeah. Right. But in falling off the rails immediately, we everything we got was absolutely perfect. And thirty six hours of labor, yeah. we watched four turnovers of mm-hmm. staff. So we had. Male doctor, we had, well, we actually had a series of male doctors. We had male nurses. We had some nurses. We had some midwives that were kind of fucking, honestly, shitty people. When the time actually came, Mm -hmm. we had a a midwife, very nice lady, who gave the doula. That's the other thing that people, if you're having a kid and you're having a doula, I want you to be aware that there is a, a butting of heads. About mm-hmm. that. Right. The duels want to burn sage over the woman, and right. the doctors just want to do a medical thing. Even the midwives. <laughs> but when the time came, we, we had a midwife, uh, you know, at Northside Hospital that was more than half. And we had seen the, the opposing view of this. Mm-hmm. We're like, I don't, we don't want them to do anything, yada, yada, yada. But when the time came, the midwife on staff that at that hour was like, by all means, try whatever you want to try. Mm. to get this baby into the right position, to we'll keep checking the vitals, we'll check, you know, what's the thing that has to dilate to 10 centimeters? Cervix. Right. We'll keep checking that. She was so hospitable and such an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. So I've always told Leah, I know you didn't want to have a C-section. I know that was like, when we were in the doula classes when mm-hmm. she was still pregnant, she was, when we came home from one of the classes, because the doula did this thing where she laid it out, and she's like, I know you don't want this, but this is how this is going to go. And she's, and she laid it out like it was a damn 
mm-hmm. actor's script. We've tried everything. It's not working. We're going to have to do a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And when we came home that night, Leah was in tears. I, just, this is not what she wanted. Right. And I was telling her, I was like, I know it's not what you want, and I know it's affecting you emotionally, but keep it in the back of your mind that it doesn't matter how the child arrives, as long as the child arrives healthy. Right. The, that's a gentler way of putting, what's the alternative right, right. now? Exactly. Even the hippie is saying, we can't do it this yeah. way anymore. And, and that, and, and, yeah. But that's true. That was, that was a doula saying, like, look, I know you want to have a natural childbirth. Mm. And I know that you've paid me an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> to make sure that I do everything in my power to get it there. the sage. I have the conch shell. We did the crystals. <laughs> Nothing is working. We've tried essential oils. I even pulled out the crystals that I usually serve for sick people. I know it's for comedy effect, but you're really oversimplifying what these women do. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was just really, really deep for me mm-hmm. to see Leah understand and accept yeah. that this was never going to happen another way. Yeah, you didn't want to have a cesarean. I didn't want you to have that scar. Yeah, I'm kind of happy your vagina didn't get ripped to shreds. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, you could have ended up with a budgina. Right, a, a budgina for a little while. <laughs> but I, I didn't. You know, it was just I just want a healthy child. Mm-hmm. If this is how it has to be, yeah, then so be it. And when they told Leah, she bust out into tears. You're at nine centimeters. You only have to be at 10, but it's not happening. You've been in labor for 36 hours. This is clearly not going to happen. And when I watched the doula's face drop, they felt a sense of failure, right? And they were, you know, it's this whole thing. Did they still send you a bill? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Listen, I feel bad, but not that. (laughs) We're still going to need that upfront price. I would honestly say it was worth every bit of the money we paid them because they gave an absolute bet. And... It was worth it. For no no other reason, just to get Leah to turn a corner. To turn a corner, and they were, look, I was so bone-weary tired Mm -hmm. that I couldn't even be a support system, even if I wanted to be. Just pull it out of her face at this point. I don't care. I mean, I'm being, honestly, and that's a great joke, because that's where I was at. I was, because, you know, 36 hours with two hours, and it's not sleep. You don't sleep. Right. So, as I know you know, but it's just like, you, you didn't sleep. Yeah. So you're so bone-weary tired that you're just like, can you just please pull it out? Does, it, take, uh, your does, it, does it come out of her butthole? <laughs> just take it out of her butthole. Just take it out of anywhere. <laughs> I don't care. And then you get this severe spike of adrenaline right. when you're in that room and you hear that baby cry. Yeah. And that's wonderful. And that lasts for about two hours, mm-hmm. that spike of adrenaline. And then when that wears off... Holy fucking shit. It all rushes back in. You're so tired. Your timeline is way different than ours because Kristen was never in labor for either of them more than, like, with Adelaide, I put the labor tops at three hours with 30 minutes of pushing. Yeah. And with Aubrey, it was even less. Yeah. She was like a push, 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 I'm done. Yeah. We were never there tired and exhausted. I'm sure she was. I'm saying we. It was never the sort of thing, like, where I've been up all day watching you strain. It was, uh... 
And there's the baby. Yeah. And now we're going to struggle to sleep and get it, That doesn't make me... It's This is not a comparison of stories. We're not swinging dicks here. I'm just saying that no, they are saying very I different. I'm just saying I can't relate to that feeling of it's been 36 hours and I'm exhausted. And, 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 and e, e, look, the difference between a delivery room and the recovery room bed is vast. There's no... There, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not the same. So I didn't sleep. So, yeah. the, but the greatest thing I've ever said to Leah was everything, and this gets back to Alexander Pope, everything went as it was going to always be. Sure. And what it was, was right. Like, I I know you didn't want to have a cesarean. Mm-hmm. We did. And look at the skid. Yeah. She, she didn't have to come forced down a birth canal. Right. Her head wasn't smashed. Yeah. She's fucking beautiful and gorgeous. It's wonderful. So is all of this just a way of sort of getting to the point that Leah eventually said, you know what, this washable diaper thing isn't for me. Exactly. <laughs> so she had plans, right? She had plans to do washable diapers. She had plans to do everything all natural. She had plans to do everything this way. Right. And now she's coming, she has come, not coming, she's coming right. to, an, or has come to an understanding that, you know, washable diapers would be cool, <laughs> but this is so much easier. Yeah. It costs us more, but fuck, you pay for ease. <laughs> yeah, it costs us more. It's terrible for the environment. Horrible for the environment. But I tell you what, try changing a kid. Yeah. And then taking that shitty... Shit, literally shit-filled diaper. I can't even imagine it. Like, what do you do? Here's my... I've asked her this. Let's say we suck to this. Yeah. Right? So, Vivian takes one of her monster shits, Mm -hmm. and she has. Yeah. And... Not to mention that she's sort of suffering in in a... A breathless yeah. rubber contraption. Well, it's not rubber; it's cloth. But well, I know, but the, they, the safe way to do the cloth diaper is with those washable rubber That's unders. Very true. So there's no breathability. Poor, poor baby V's butt and crotch and everything is just trapped <laughs> in a rubber prison with a washable cloth on the outside. Nobody's happy about it. You talk about a cranky baby. <laughs> like my ass doesn't breathe air because you want to save the environment yeah. and a little bit of money and by the way you've pricked me 10 times now with that fucking safety pin <laughs> I'm no longer a happy baby yeah all those uh, vaccine uh, vaccinations were bad enough now I'm getting yeah. poked all yeah. the fucking time not to mention all of your laundry now has a faint smell but of baby exactly <laughs> that's what I keep coming back to so what I, I wonder like the yeah. woman that said everything oh uh, so, you know, they're out there. The woman that everything went according to plan. Yeah. Natural birth. Great. Yeah. Um, you know, name, whatever it is. And now you're doing your natural diapers, mm-hmm. right? Your washable diapers. Because you refuse yeah. to use pampers or loves because that's terrible for the environment. Yeah. And they cost money. Get it, right? I get it. I yeah. really do. But what do they do? So, like... I'll tell you, so we were at the wedding that we discussed last week for Taylor's wedding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Emily and Jeff are newly, not newlyweds, I guess, anymore. They've been married for... Almost a year. Almost a year. Uh, I guess you're newlyweds for a year, year, yeah. And we were, you know, they want to have kids. And I I just brought up a story. I was like, you know, I always wanted a kid. But the one thing you never really anticipate, and I know you know this just more than I do, (laughs) is especially with daughters. This is... Key to daughters when they have one of these monster, mm-hmm. like most of her shits. I'm not gonna call them cute, 
but they're not horrible. Right. Right. They're you tie your hair back, but they're not fucking horrible. <laughs> and then every once in a while, yep. you get the big one. Yeah. And you, it's I call it the five wipers, where it's not five. one. Five. Yeah. Five to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a base minimum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I told and I looked at Jeff's face when I said this. When this is so related to Terminator Two, by the way. Yeah. Just trust me. I'm not going to explain why, but it is. But when you're when you're cleaning your daughter's vagina, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "My life now is essentially making sure that this monstrous pile of shit is not infecting my daughter's vagina," yeah. gives you an entirely different outlook on life. Yeah, I mean it. I know. I'm not even saying it'd be funny. It's true. It's true. When you're digging you're in to like, your daughter's... Yeah, you're looking at it thinking, a teenage me aspired to see these things up close and personal. Yeah. And I eventually did. Yeah. And now my job <laughs> is to keep running shit out of them. And that's my point. I, every time when I... It's not often, because I don't change the majority of the diapers, not even close. But when I do, it seems like V holds on to the really bad shits for when mom's not home. <laughs> and I get these monsters. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Um... <laughs> Thank you for this. You get in your face like, do you want a crotch <laughs> infection? But my point is like, it's such a weird fucking feeling to be like, okay, my job right now is to get all of this doo-doo <laughs> out of my daughter's butthole and clearly her vagina because it's all over it. <laughs> and and I keep thinking to myself like, man, she this is an adult one day. Yeah. And I won't without her being embarrassed, be able to tell her, yeah. like, you enjoying your vagina? It's nice, right? You pull, the, you pull the first serious boyfriend aside, I just want you to know. <laughs> There's been a lot of shit. Man. No, no penises. Not lately. I, I mean, literally. Not lately. A lot of shit. A lot of shit. <laughs> Runny, green, the list goes on. It's a rainbow of shit colors. So, I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm her dad, and I don't want you anywhere near it. So I'm using this as a way to keep you from it. Yeah, we're the anti-Brian Kent. We're not pulling guns on you. We're actually going deeper. I'm going to tell you about all the duty that's been in this vagina. You don't want to go there. You know, you, listen, go find other vaginas, because this one is full of shit. Vaginas with less duty. Yeah. This one on a lot. For years. Not like a couple of times. Years. Daily. Daily. And I'll be honest, I'm not great at it. I don't know if I was better at it. There could still be some in there. But it's just, it's so much. I looked at Jeff's face, and he was like, uh, 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 and he just has <laughs> yeah. no idea. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you will. And even, I promise you, it, I don't I don't have boys. You don't have boys. No. But I can't imagine. If, if I yeah, open this diaper, and his little same. fucking tiny baby dick was covered in shit, and you're having to, like, if you don't choose to cut his penis off with circumcision, you pull the skin you down, pull the skin down get the smegma and the doo-doo off are wrinkly. There. There's doo-doo in all those wrinkles. Yeah. You gotta, Same fucking shit. Yeah, then that's Literally. equally fun. If you have a son, you pull his prom data <laughs> side. Like, just want you to know, I mean, you guys, I know about the hotel room. He used my credit card to do it because he's not very fucking bright. Just want you to know, before you get down to business, how much shit has been on his ball sack. <laughs> It's just, what do you mean shit? No, oh, no, no. Like, literally. Like, doo-doo. Like, doo-doo. Doo-doo shit. 
But yeah, that's my life does, now. It does make you wonder with the people that commit to the cloth diapers. Like, what do you do when you're meeting your in-laws at the Atlanta Zoo and you get there and you're in the stroller and then all of a sudden somebody gets a whiff and there's just wicked mixtures <laughs> of caramel and dark chocolate brown shit just coming out of all sides. You're just going to carry that around the rest of the day so you can take it home and wash it? <laughs> That's, I guess that's what I was trying to get to. What do you do with the wipes? Like, I, Are the wipes reusable? Just, just to circle back. So, like, people that use cloth diapers, and this is my question, mm-hmm. and you don't know, and I don't know. So if someone does, maybe M&P, it's Australia. You know, there's not a lot going. It's it's a nuclear fallout. I don't know if they have Pampers or Love. Cloth diapers, they're repurposing paper towels. And they're shit. probably using plastic bags. I really don't know. Those poor Australian babies. Yeah, so sad. But they're down. Like, if you had a cloth diaper... Do you like scoop the majority of the poop out? I believe the the and then wash it. I believe the what they do, and they even say there are purists who say you should do this even with disposables. Okay. You take the diaper, whether it's cloth or disposable, you get as much doo doo out of that diaper and into the toilet, and then if it is a cloth diaper, you wash it, or you can actually subscribe and pay for like a laundry washing service that comes to your house. And they pick up your bag full of shit diaper cloths, and they leave you a fresh pile of new diaper cloths. Hmm. But disposable or not, you're technically supposed to put all doo doo in the toilet, because doo doo in disposable diapers and landfills is what is causing a biological problem. So you're telling me that problem. we're we're not doing it right. We're supposed to. No, take... and nobody does. You're in the majority. I, I've never put diaper doo doo in the toilet, and you're technically supposed to. I mean, I gag every time. I don't. I've never thrown up. Yeah. But. What I want. To I know, tell you what. We, we what, should call banks on that note. What I, want, <laughs> what I want to know is what do the cloth diaper people do about the wipes? Wipes. Are they even worse? Are they traveling with reusable wipes? Are they traveling with disposable wipes? And if they are, where are they putting the disposable wipe when they go for a new one? Because for me, when I change, I mean, you know, Albury's getting to the point of using the toilet. Her shits are solid. Wipes are kind of a minimal need at this point. Mm. You know, just one or two tops. But like when I need a second wipe, the first wipe, it goes into the diaper on top of the shit. If you're using a disposable or if you're using a washable diaper, where are you putting that first dirty doo-doo wipe? <laughs> are you putting it in the diaper and then dealing with it later? Do you do always do this near a garbage can? There's a lot of questions. Yeah, this this pod has it all. <laughs> I'm glad Leah turned a corner. Well, it was really important because the last thing I'll say about it before we move on, it provided her with a sense of awareness that we plan, mm-hmm. and if you're not spiritual, yeah. The world well, lasts. she's practicing, like, four religions all at the same time, so, she, I mean, this really should hit home with her. Is that some dig on our shalom thing? No. Shabbat? Shabbat, I should say? Shabbat, well, both, yeah. You had a good dinner. I had a good dinner. Yeah. I, but my point being, she's practicing multiple, or experimenting with, I should say, multiple faiths. If anybody should be reticent to the... Uh, God laughs at our plans ideology, I would have thought it would have been her. Yeah, no, but she came to the the, the earth turned, and she, she saw that everything that happened in that 36 hours was exactly the way it was supposed to happen. I you, see. You might have a plan. Mm-hmm. Like anything else in life, plans fucking dissipate fast, and you deal with the, you know, immediacy. Right. The in-the-moment stuff. It sucks that the doctor told you you're at nine and a half centimeters. It's, I know that you've worked so hard to get to the appropriate 10. It's not going to happen. 
Yeah. We have to get in there. And but the funny part about that was, I'll never forget. You know, they, we've talked about this. You put on the scrubs, the hat, the gloves, the mask. You take your shitty porn-filled phone to take the pictures. <laughs> but when I looked around that room, eleven people, mm-hmm. one man. Yeah. I I took some sense of like, that was awesome. I'm filled with. We're having a girl. Right. This is at the end of the day. This is the most female thing you can do. Mm. You've grown this baby. You're connected to this child because it's in you. You felt the growing. You felt the kicks. Right. And now you're surrounded by women mm-hmm. that are in, their best interest is in your best interest, and they've been honest with you. And I'm just over here with my dirty with my shitty phone. dirty. You know, cum stained phone, like trying, Dad, you ready to take a picture? Uh, I. Whoa, let me put my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold on, let me take a shot. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, 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 everything happened exactly how it was meant to be. But being for episode 52, being that we're way past the cutoff time, and way past the cutoff time, we do need to. To keep let's, this call let's short. Let's just say a quick hello to Superfan and uh, what is he? Our, our representative? Yeah, he's our, he's our uh, agent. Hello. WFUCK! You better bring the energy to the band! <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get started, um, Superfan, you like to say the laugh man? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, call me out on being lethargic after last week. <laughs> I've, I've already been told this whole story, Banks. I get it. But if if, if we're tracking lethargic, you're way ahead. <laughs> I'll give you credit for last week. I was half asleep. But generally speaking, when we make these calls, we get the, suh. Yeah, yeah, explained why. Uh, we know why you're lethargic. We won't say. But it's episode 52, and we're calling Superfan. From the party. We're having a huge party down here. We just, got talk, we just got done talking about diapers and babies, so we figured a perfect time to call Superfan Banks. My favorite category. What are you doing? Uh, I just ended my day. I had a bunch of shit going on with Squire all that kind of shit, so now I'm just chilling. You had a bunch of shit with what? With school. Like, I had a bunch mm. of school shit today, so now I'm just chilling. Oh. Hey, this is completely unrelated, but I don't want to forget about it. Uh, Austin wants to trade uh, pictures with you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You know the Indian picture you have? The one where they face each other? No, no, the one on canvas. The one where he's facing out. The Indian I have? The one above my bed? Yeah, the canvas one, yeah. Yeah, what does he want, or what do I get? He, You get the same picture on paper in a frame. In a frame. He, he gets the one on canvas to match the other canvas because he got that one from me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that works. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Austin about my commission. Sounds <laughs> good. I figured I was going to throw him something, but he just caved quick. It's the same picture in a frame. I don't think he cares what it what it, what it, it printed it, on. It just, aesthetically, nope. it works better. It'll match I, better because he's trying to get symmetry in his living room, and he has the other one. So now if, if he gets that one from you, he can have symmetry. And the one the he gets picture. is already framed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Christian Bale one I have is a, is a portrait, too, but it's across a different fucking wall, so I don't care. All right. Cool. Wonderful. We'll make that happen this weekend. There you go. You're welcome, both of you. Shalom. Shalom. Shabbat shalom. It's not. Well, All right, so what am I here for? What am I doing? We're, we're just calling you because it's episode 52. This is the episode we we're supposed to be having a big party for, and we ended up doing nothing except talking about oh, doo-doo diapers and politics. Man, sounds like a fun party. We had McDonald's. 
All you're missing is a couple of rusty trombones. Yeah, well, the McDonald's is doing its own rusty trombone on my innards right now. Yeah, we've had to pause like nine times for diarrhea. Twice, but it's not diarrhea. That's the good news. What was that? Did you get the McRib? Is that is that out? <laughs> no, I don't know. Shit. It wasn't on the Uber Eats menu. Oh, yeah, by the way, audience, we had McDonald's delivered. Yeah, that's how fucking lazy <laughs> these two people are. We had McDonald's. You want to hear the... Li- oh, no, you hear he said it. Never mind. Yeah, go ahead. I remember Brent talking about how lazy he was, and I remember he said on the pod when he was fucking laying on the couch, and instead of standing up and putting the DVD in the damn player, he just bought it on TV. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that's it. that's that's a, a layered laziness though. I, I that's too much. Too much. There may or may not have been alcohol involved in that decision. Hey uh, Banks, what's your major? Uh right now communications. <laughs> I'm on my third. At least you can laugh about it. <laughs> what are you gonna do with your communications degree, Banks? Uh, well, there is this one music thing where it's like an externship. You like do the shit as you take the class. And they take you down to Atlanta Studios and you just learn the business shit behind it all. You want to come work down here at Accent Graphics? <laughs> oh, yeah. A paper company. Yeah, a pretty company. That, that one probably will stay around. Do you ever feel like Banks is kind of like AJ from The no, Sopranos? That would, that would be a very nice comparison. Well, I'm not saying he's like AJ 100%, but he, like, you know, wants to run a club. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, AJ, why am I blanking? You from AJ the Sopranos. I know, but I'm trying. I'm uh, Tony's son. You don't want oh, to run fuck you. This part of ours is brought to you brought by AdamandEve.com. <laughs> Head over there into promo code TPTO Pod. <laughs> Save 50% off any one item, and you get some other stuff. Two, <laughs> three free adult DVDs, three gift, and free shipping on the whole order at adamandeat.com. Two, two, Toy Story. <laughs> they don't sell Toy Story, but they do sell a porno parody. We got the 14-inch big black deals. They don't have to be black. They could be any color too. <laughs> Maybe so pink. head over <laughs> to adamandeve.com It's TPTO Pod at checkout too What do you get one more time? You get three free adult DVDs And a free mystery gift A mystery gift And free shipping on the whole order too Are you kidding me? Recording we lost their phone call. Well, we lost part of the phone call with Banks. No, we hung up on him when he said it was communications that he's majoring in. We know that's not the truth. He's definitely it's in Latino, femi- feminine not, studies and diversification. Or it's, it's diversity. A, I was going to say Latino studies, but sure. Wall building. <laughs> he's, in, he's a structural engineer on Donald Trump's wall. Goddamn, we're, um, we're approaching an hour past your cutoff time. All right, all right, all right. It's episode 52. I want to go home. Yeah, let's go home. Let's, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed your first year's worth of podcasts from the most unprofessional podcast on the airwaves. <laughs> we, we produce this from <laughs> a cat box. <laughs> we produce this from a 25 by 25 cube 
of foam in a, in a hot print shop office with paper and scattered shit. And we everywhere. eat McDonald's and pizza and sub sandwiches. We are we we get what we put into it. We do. <laughs> and you do too. And you do too. I think Matt from Perth will appreciate this one. I don't want because you got to call him Matt from Perth, not MMP all the time. But he, I, I know you didn't see the email, but he told us to stay off dodgy pizza. He couldn't send us any liquor because of American laws, not Australian. I love the that's UK and Australia. I love the just the usage of dodgy. I honestly think, if nothing else, I'm just happy that we keep MMP entertained. While he's yeah. doing his long stretches, Alan. What would Matt yeah, think about, listen to if we quit doing? I this? don't know. Probably something else. But I, I love that he's around. I like you know we we've saved countless lives by but keeping Alan, Alan right, yeah. entertained because otherwise he would just sit in silence like a fucking serial killer planning his next fucking murder right. if it wasn't for us. Who knows where Burke would be? He wouldn't be wearing ladies' underwear, which we know. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's looking at us a little sideways, but we know. That we've saved his life. Yeah. Sean can go fuck himself. Anti-Big Mac Sean. Anti-McDonald's Sean. The guy has like a Burger King membership card. so many problems with this guy. I, had so, I, I took so much pleasure when I called you the other day and you were like, you're on speakerphone with Alan and Sean. So we'll tell one of them I said hello. <laughs> he got a big laugh even after we got off the phone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been a fun time. 52 weeks, 52 shows. We're not going to do the big blowout. I think you're right. That we should aim yeah. for the 100th show. Yeah, That's more we, of a I benchmark. We the and I think we need to start making goals. <laughs> I think that we need to say by the 100th show, mm-hmm. we should not be able to reference every super fan. We should be able to say, "Hey, from the beginning, mm-hmm. we'd had we've had by some miracle an Australian in yeah. Perth that loves us, and we love him, and sent us goodie baskets. Well, we have Alan, who are saving countless lives yeah. by not." By, by not having him kill people in silence. We've got Superfan Burke wearing ladies' underwear that's saints-colored. We've got Superfan Banks, and I want to echo your sentiment. We don't give credit to some Superfans enough. Superfan Rusty. Rusty. Rusty fucking so, not only Not only is he a Superfan, he's actually branched off and has become a, a letter Kenny. Right, fan right. based on Super these. Fan, yeah, Superfan Rusty is somebody we need to get on the phone because we've never been able to pull that off. And he is by far one of our most devout listeners. Yeah. And I think because of that disconnectedness, because we don't have him on the phone like we have had. Well, we've tried. We we need to get we need to make it a point to get him on. Look, we probably have super fans we don't even know. What did you say? We're averaging like 150 downloads. I haven't downloads. looked in a while. We're approaching 5,000 downloads. Right. So there's people listening, probably five people listening a thousand times nonetheless you know let's let's keep let's have a goal if well, we get to 100 Mike's listening now mike sullivan if you're listening i don't think you're uh, you haven't reached super fan status yet <laughs> macy has listened i don't think she's reached super fan status yeah. mom listens but i think she's many episodes behind perhaps uh, uncle hoyt left us a long time ago <laughs> But we should give him a shout-out. But yeah. a shout-out to anyone who's ever listened Brian, to this nonsense. Super fan, super fan Brian. That's that's a different... Fact-checker Hickman. Fact-checker Hickman. It, it's a shame that he made it this far without getting mentioned. Because that guy, he ripped into me at the wedding about something that happened probably 35 episodes ago. Where I was trying to tell a story. Yeah. Classic... Golden Voice cut me over, mm-hmm. cut me off, and we never got back to the story. Yeah, and he really, really wants to know 
what happened in that story? And I'm like, I'm one, I was really drunk when he brought it up. Two, I was really drunk when we were probably doing it. But nonetheless, super fan Brian. Yep. Awesome people. If we had to do this show, if if I literally had to come here or we wherever we had to record just so that y'all handful, y'all ten people, mm-hmm. I would do it. It's just it's fun. It's, I don't know if I would, but I'm glad you're on board. Well, I would. I don't. I mean, think about it. Think uh, uh, a hardcore audience of ten people. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'll do this for ten people. Yeah. And, and I, we've sold some deals on AdamandEve.com because of you fine people. Well. <laughs> sold out deal. We don't know what we sold. We know who was sold too, but we don't know what Boy, was I'm sold. Presume it was a deal. It was. It was from Adam and Eve. It had to have been sex related. We know that much. Yeah, but there's so much. I've been on that website. <laughs> I thought about shopping using our own TPT Oko. Nonetheless, WFUCK! Bam! 97.5. Coming up next, we got traffic weather. We forgot to mention Skip Adapter, not necessarily a super fan, but he is a part of the show in spirit. We've got. <laughs> We've got the Hollywood Report coming up with not listening to Jean A. Producer Burke, we already know what kind of ladies' underwear you wear. Are you wearing a bra, too? Me, 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 me. Holla. Coming up next, we've got Leonard Skinner. Oh, that's fun. Holla. Give <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Coming up next, we've got Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> Trippin' Billy. Holla. <laughs>